At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Why is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long term booking. Guys, thank you so very much for joining me on this Saturday night, early Sunday morning. It is now April 3rd, 2022. I am JD from New York. And this is the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your early Sunday mornings, wherever you may be, for this night one WrestleMania 38 post show right here on Off the Scripts. I'm in a good mood tonight, man. It's great when we actually get professional wrestling that is great. It speaks to us. It, it makes us feel good, man. When professional wrestling is as great as it has been this weekend, it soothes the soul, man. It makes everything a lot easier. You enjoy what you're doing. For me, I... I have to sit through Monday and Friday night on a weekly basis, and, uh, you know, I'm always brutally honest with you, man. It is not the best for me. It is actually quite depressing because the quality of programming that we get on Monday and Friday every single week is just not where it's supposed to be. I don't know what, the, I don't know what WWE was on tonight because this card looked like absolute shit on paper, and I'm going to be brutally honest with you. If you don't like it, get the fuck out. Seriously. Brutally honest, I've been with you, man. This card looked like shit on paper. Night two looked a lot worse than night one. I will give night one that. It was it was much better on night one. They had the Cody possible reveal tonight, which it ended up being Cody Rhodes. We had the Austin KO segment. We had Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. It was just a better night for what was presented as a two-night WrestleMania. Tomorrow night, I'm very worried about because they have a lot of fluff on that show. And at the end of the night, I went into this with very low expectations, and this is what we usually do with these WWE shows. It's not all that exciting. The build for WrestleMania really wasn't all that spectacular. They kind of skimp on the build every single year and sell you on the WrestleMania event itself and making whatever city they're in the destination city. I get it. They do the same thing with all their major events. That doesn't mean that they have to skimp on the build, but they do. 
Because they sell WrestleMania as WrestleMania. You're going to go watch it no matter what they put on. But at the end of the day, when this show was over, this was the most enjoyable WWE show all year thus far. This was the best WrestleMania that I've seen since WrestleMania 31. And I'm in a good mood. I liked what I saw tonight. A lot of everything that I was not excited about coming on in. I enjoyed this show greatly tonight. And I don't want to see any negativity in the chat. I don't want to see any negativity about this. Oh, WWE sucks or AEW's better or AEW sucks, WWE's better. I don't want to hear none of it. I don't want to hear none of it. I am a professional wrestling fan. I love WWE. I hate their practices. I love WWE. I think their creative is dog shit. I enjoy AEW for what it is because they give me the brand of wrestling that I most just feel, you know? It, it just speaks to me, that level of professional wrestling. I love professional wrestling. When WWE does something bad, I will be the first to let you know. When WWE does something good, I will be the first to let you know, man. I'm not like one of these biased journalists out there. I'm not. I spread my negativity equally in the community. I also spread my positivity in the community equally. Tonight was a fantastic show. And I hope to God they come and do something just as good tomorrow night. Because I think this could end up being, if WWE pulls off the fucking hat trick tomorrow, this could be one of WWE's best weekends in a very, very long time. We had NXT stand and deliver this this morning, which was not a bad show. WrestleMania night one absolutely slayed tonight. And then they got night two tomorrow, headlined by Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Unification match for the WWE and Universal Championships. We're going to go over everything tonight. The big thing that happened tonight and the most exciting thing on tonight's show was the re-debut of Cody Rhodes in WWE, the return of Cody Rhodes to WWE, which was the worst kept secret in all of professional wrestling. Shows up after six years. And when I tell you I got chills seeing Cody Rhodes come out there tonight, I legitimately got chills. I do not get chills watching professional wrestling enough. I think the last time I I absolutely got chills was something having to do with Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole in NXT at TakeOver New York or when Champa won the title from Black on NXT and they had that whole storyline about who attacked Black and all this other shit and The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25. Those are moments to me that that gave me chills. I even I don't even really get chills when I do House of Glory commentary. Depends on who's in the ring. The last time I got chills doing House of Glory commentary was Ricochet and the Amazing Red in the ring together in a fucking 35-minute classic. And I was there, and I had the pleasure of calling that match. And the moves that they did in that match were unbelievable. I don't get chills enough, man. We don't, we don't get these types of moments enough. Cody legitimately gave me chills tonight. WWE took Cody Rhodes from AEW. Cody Rhodes wanted to be back. I got all the news for you, by the way. I got all the news for you. I got excerpts from his podcast that absolutely is a must listen to, according to some that I know. I have to listen to this thing tomorrow. As soon as he debuted, it all dropped. Why he left. What he thinks of AEW. Why he needed to be back in WWE. I got the excerpts. I got the most important pieces. Right here, we're going to go over it when we talk about Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. Chills. 
WWE does nothing perfect. Nothing. They absolutely nailed. 100% nailed Cody Rhodes' return. They could not have done it better. Seth Rollins was the most interesting thing, even more so than Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns going into WrestleMania. Who's he going to wrestle? Who's he going to be there for? Who's he going to be there with? Who's Vince McMahon's hand-chosen guy? I heard so many fucking names, it made me sick to my stomach, man. I got to a point where I was sick of talking about Cody Rhodes on the goddamn podcast every single fucking day. Got sick of it. Bray Wyatt, The Undertaker, Elias. Then Seth Rollins gets in on all the funnies, tweeting out fucking pictures of Marco Stunt. Give me a break. Give me a break. The worst kept secret in all pro wrestling, it ended up being Cody Rhodes. It had to be Cody Rhodes. If it wasn't Cody Rhodes, I think this crowd would have fucking revolted in Dallas, Texas. I'm glad it was Cody Rhodes. An absolutely monumental, epic debut, or a return, I should say. It's kind of like a debut. He was on enemy fucking teams just, uh, you know, three months ago. Back in WWE, and they could not have nailed it perfect. Any more perfect. Beautiful. It was, it's a thing of beauty. And they delivered as close to a five-star match that you could possibly have in WWE. And Cody and Seth Rollins absolutely killed it. Best thing of the entire night. We'll go over that and the news about why Cody's back and what he said in his own words today on the podcast. Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair, my personal second favorite match of the night. I've been very critical of Becky Lynch. Very critical. I think the gimmick is shit. I think whatever she's doing as far as her character on TV is fucking shit. But I take nothing away from the woman. Nothing. She hasn't really done anything memorable as champion. Tonight was the single best thing that woman has done since she's come back to the WWE after having her daughter. She was fucking great tonight, as was Bianca Belair. That is the Becky Lynch that we need to see. Dump the gimmick, dump the bullshit, dump the cringe. That's the Becky Lynch we need. They absolutely fucking killed it. It was the most physical women's match that I think I've seen in a very long time in WWE. And the crowd loved every bit of it. Was it as important as Sasha and Bianca last year? No. Was it better than Sasha and Bianca last year? I'm going to absolutely say yes. They did something better than what Bianca and Sasha did last year. Is it going to matter to Bianca Belair, though? Is it going to take Bianca to the next level? I don't know. I don't know. And that all hinders on WWE's booking and creative of the women's division. Right now, it's in a very sad state. There's nobody on Monday Night Raw that I truly believe in. WWE could have an opportunity following WrestleMania to start building up some talent. Bailey's coming back. Oscar's coming back. Rhea Ripley needs a complete overhaul. She could be Bianca's first opponent. They have a little bit of a history together, especially stemming from NXT. There's things to do and women to build up for Bianca. It just takes WWE a, a little a little bit of work to get there. And most of the time, they don't put in the work for the women's division, which sucks. Because they got some of the most talented women in the entire world working for them. But they absolutely killed it tonight on WrestleMania. On the flip side, SmackDown, Charlotte Flair and Ronda Drowsy. I feel like Ronda Drowsy. It's fucking midnight, past midnight on the East Coast here. This is my third podcast in 24 hours. I don't like it. It's a lot of work. 
My voice is going. I already feel my voice going. I feel like Ronda Drowsy. She shit the bed tonight with Charlotte Flair. Not very good at all. It was the worst match of the entire night. And I don't think it really is mostly their fault. It's just that everything else on the show was that much better. Cody blew everybody away. Rollins blew everybody away. Stone Cold Steve Austin, they were going on before Stone Cold Steve Austin. Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair showed you what a women's championship match should be. There was no possible way. There was no fucking way that Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch were going to be outdone by Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. I honestly think that they used that as motivation going into this match. Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey had absolutely no fucking chance to stand on their own after what happened on this show tonight, man. And you know what? I love it. I think it's great. Because Charlotte politicked her way to the WrestleMania main event. She got bumped by Stone Cold Steve Austin. Obviously, Becky, she thought she was getting one over on Becky. And Becky ended up having the better match of the two women's matches tonight. And it was not even slotted towards the top of the card. I love it. Ronda comes in, wins the Royal Rumble. She's not the main event of WrestleMania. Nobody wanted that match to go on last. If it did, it would have shit the entire fucking bed. Ten times over. WWE even deserves credit for putting that match on in the co-main event spot and gave Stone Cold Steve Austin his time to shine in the main event with Kevin Owens. That was absolutely the right decision. So WWE killed it tonight. We're going to go over everything. I got the Cody Rhodes news. Thank you guys so very much for joining me. We're nearing 5,000 live viewers. Thank you guys so very much for all of your support, and thank you for being here on Off The Script. I am so happy that you're here. And WrestleMania, man. Killed it. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Thank you to all the new followers on Twitter, man. I appreciate you all. We'll do it all over again for night two tomorrow night. Or tonight, rather. At JD from NY206 on Twitter and on Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below, man. Tonight is the night we get to 133,000 subscribers. You got to do it. Make sure you guys go and hit that subscribe button. You want the best in the community? You want the most honest in the community? You want the most exciting in the community? You're right here on Off The Script. Hit that subscribe button. If you guys feel like you enjoyed enough, hit that join button as well, man. Sit VIP right back there with me. We got over 500 members in the VIP section. You guys get those emotes only available in the live stream chat and in the comment section. And you guys see my mods, man. You see my mods in the chat. Don't fuck them over and don't anger them. Otherwise, you're out of here. Everybody else in the chat, you see those microphones next to their name? They're VIPs. You can get that when you sign up and show off your VIP status that is on, off the script, right here on the channel. Hit that join button and become a VIP right here on the podcast. Make sure you guys go check out all the other videos that you might have missed, man. All week I was here for all the regular weekly shows. I was live last night for Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor, Samoa Joe makes his return to Ring of Honor. He is now all elite. He's all A-E-W. And we got NXT this afternoon, Stand and Deliver. I even went live for that for two hours. Go and check all that stuff out, man. It is great. And all of it's there on the homepage if you guys want any additional comment uh, content. 
You guys can absolutely leave a comment during the Super Chat portion. Get your Super Chats in. I see you guys getting them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. And I want to thank my sponsor for today's show, man, Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. You guys are going to get your free sample on me when you use that code JD at checkout. All you guys have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. Julian, thank you so much for becoming a new member and a new VIP right here on Off The Script. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you, guys, and thank you to BlueChew, man. BlueChew.com slash or BlueChew.com code JD. That is at checkout for your free sample. All right, enough wasting time, man. Enough wasting time. Let's get into the... Plug my dark watch-alongs, please, says Jesse. Bro, you're begging for subs. What's going on? Do I come to your channel and beg for subs, clown? Make sure you just pour the drinks over ice, please, okay? Nobody wants a warm beverage. I'll plug it at the end of the show. This fucking guy. Jesus fucking Christ, man. Can't get rid of him. Jesse, my uh, co-host on Wednesday nights. Now, I love Jesse. Only joking around, man. We only joke around. WWE started WrestleMania off night one. Started off with Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs. They challenged the Usos for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. This match should have never even been on the show. Match should have never even been on the show. WWE has this thing, and I don't like it at all, where WWE takes two tag teams and they do ring around the rosy with each member of the tag team. For example, Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs versus the Usos. One week it'll be Shinsuke Nakamura versus Jimmy Uso. The other week it'll be Rick Boogs versus Jey Uso. And then vice versa. Vice versa. Everybody gets a singles match in these two teams. And then they book the WrestleMania match or the pay-per-view match based on who gets the most wins via these singles matches with these tag teams that they're building up a supposed storyline with. Rick Boogs beats one of the Usos to get a tag team title opportunity, and that's how this all came about. Matt should have never even been on the show. WWE has no tag team division. I cry about this every Friday night, and it needs to be fixed. It needs to be rectified. It needs to be a thing where WWE merges the divisions. And I say this time and time and time again. This will fix your problem. Monday Night Raw has some solid teams. Alpha Academy, RK Bro, the Street Profits. SmackDown has some decent teams. Los Lotharios, the New Day. Then you got the Viking Raiders. You got the Usos. You call up Imperium. You got Sheamus and Holland. There are tag teams in this company where if they merge the divisions... Everything that you find to be a problem with the tag team division will be fixed. Nobody listens to me. It's like I'm speaking to the fucking wall. Nobody listens to me. This match should have been saved for SmackDown. Now, there was another tag team match that apparently got cut from the show. It was supposed to be Rich Holland and Sheamus with Peter Dunn, not Butch, Peter Dunn, Pete Dunn, in, in their corner against the New Day, this was supposed to be Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston. It was supposed to be on night one, and then apparently they bumped it to night two. I'm not sure what's going on with that. Hopefully we'll find out more going into tomorrow's night two of WrestleMania. But this match should have never even take place. The big thing that happened in this match is Rick Boogs got injured legitimately. Rick Boogs is now out, and he will be out for an extended period of time, and this sucks. 
I was so proud of him to get this spot on WrestleMania night, and he ended up getting hurt. He suffered a quadriceps patella injury. He will undergo surgery as of this week. Michael Cole announced that Boog suffered a quadriceps patella injury during the SmackDown Tag Team title match that kicked off WrestleMania 38 night one. Boogs was helped to the back by referees. At this time, it's unknown how long he will be out. And obviously, everybody wishes him a speedy recovery. Now, what happened in the middle of the match? Uh, I think Brian Alvarez even reported on Twitter while the match was happening that they changed the ending on the fly because of Rick Boogs' injury. What happened on the show was not the scheduled ending. I don't know if that means they were supposed to win the tag team titles or if the Usos were still going to win, but it wasn't the way that the match was supposed to end. Either way, I was excited for Boogs, for him to play his guitar and bring that heavy metal to Dallas in front of AT&T Stadium with 70,000 plus there. It was such a huge moment for him, and I feel bad that in his first WrestleMania on, on the big stage, he got hurt. So I wish him nothing but the best and a very speedy recovery for my boy Rick Boogs. The WrestleMania set. Let's talk about the set, man. Loved the set. The simpler, the better, man. It reminded me of New Orleans for WrestleMania 34 with the New Orleans covers, uh, colors on the stage. This was pretty much the big Texas star right in the middle and WrestleMania going along the entire star throughout the entire stage, man. I thought it looked great. It was very simple, and they didn't really overdo it. Simple is sometimes best. Nakamura and Rick Boogs, they had great matching outfits tonight, man. I love the color scheme of Nakamura and Rick Boogs. This orange, yellow, black mix. That little lightning bolt logo on their, on their ring attire on Nakamura. He had it on his jacket on Boogs. He had it on his, uh, on his straps. It was very nice, man. I love the color scheme of both Rick Boogs and Nakamura. Shinsuke and Jimmy started the match, and Nakamura started out quickly with a jumping kick to the face and a big knee to the gut. He, he went for a quick cover, only got a one count. Jay tagged in, and the Usos took control of the match pretty early, keeping Nakamura in their corner, double-teaming him, quick tags in and out. Nakamura tried to fight back at a couple of different points here, got nailed with a step-up in Zaguri. Jay Uso got a deep two off of a cover on Nakamura. Nakamura broke free of a headlock because the Uso slowed the pace down. Kick to the head by Nakamura. Hot tag to Rick Boogs. Jay Uso got the hot tag from Jimmy. Boogs caught Jay in a bear hug and a delayed vertical suplex. Dropped him down, got a two count. So this is where the injury happened. He tried to fireman's carry both Usos and his knee buckled. I don't know what he was trying to do here, but accidents do happen, man. It was a fucked up situation. He had one Uso on his shoulders in a fireman carry. And then the other Uso he had on his shoulders as well. And as soon as the other Uso jumped on top of the first Uso, his knee buckled underneath him and he quickly rolled to the outside. I knew he was legitimately hurt just by the way his knee did buckle. And it always scares the shit out of me when somebody has a knee injury, man. You never know when it's going to happen. But when it buckles like that, more than likely it is legit. He made the quick tag to Nakamura, crawled over to make the tag to Nakamura. Snap German suplex by Nakamura on Jay Uso. But the Usos took advantage with the super kick. Jimmy with the Uso splash. Nakamura kicked out. This was a two-on-one situation at this point. So Nakamura was up. More double teamed by the Usos. Two-on-one situation. Jay pulled Nakamura's hair, which led to another super kick. And then they finished off Nakamura with the 1D. 
and the Usos retain in relatively easy fashion because of the injury to Rick Boogs. Sucks, man. It really does suck. Now, that was half of the act. So I don't know what WWE's plan was for Nakamura. Is Nakamura going to go and do a singles run now on SmackDown? It's not going to really be the same after we got conditioned to see Boogs with Nakamura. That was one of the best parts of the show. McAfee's not going to be able to dance on the tables anymore, bro. So what is he going to do? So Nakamura, man, what do we do with him? Do we push him towards a intercontinental championship? I'd love to see Ricochet versus Nakamura. I think that'd be a barn burner of a match. But what is WWE planning to do with the tag team division now? This was a tag team that I think that they were going to keep together. Now this actively takes another tag team off of SmackDown, and we're left with the Viking Raiders who were buried on Monday Night Raw by Omas, and we got Los Lotharios. I don't know what's going on with them after their match with Ricochet on SmackDown. There seemed to be a little trouble in paradise there with Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo. And then you got the New Day. SmackDown is in some serious shit, man. Not with just their roster, but their tag team division is fucking horrendous. Something needs to be done. I don't know what that something is, but something needs to be done. My thoughts and prayers go out to Boogs, man. Hopefully this is a quick recovery. He's not out too long, but he did get injured in his first WrestleMania, and that just sucks. I was looking forward to seeing him and him excited there. I'm a big fan of Boogs, but hopefully this is not something that's going to keep him out for a very long time. Drew McIntyre. Speaking of something that should not have taken place on WrestleMania. Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin. Do you realize these two have been feuding since the Survivor Series? It's been that long. Why? I don't know. I don't know why anybody would be interested in this match. Feuding since Survivor Series and legitimately a SmackDown match that WWE has tried to convince us time and time again that it is good enough to be on WrestleMania. Honestly, this match had no business being on WrestleMania. Drew McIntyre has business being on WrestleMania. I think Drew is great. But a feud with Corbin going into WrestleMania, this spells undercard. Any way you look at it, on any show you put it on. Nobody cares. But I will say this, man. Out of all the matches on this show, I may have been looking forward to this one least. And it actually surprised me pretty much. This was actually better than Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey, to be brutally honest with you. So they did a very admirable job at whatever they did here. Both McIntyre and Happy Corbin. Drew started off this match with some fists, as he should. This is a blood feud, I would say. They took Drew McIntyre out with that steel chair at day one. He legitimately had a neck injury, so they played that up. Not going to start this match where they've been going back and forth all these months with a fucking collar and elbow tie-up. Not going to be that way. So they started off with some fists, which was good, and Corbin followed with the same back and forth. Drew clotheslined Corbin over the top rope, drives him into the barricade, and rolls him back into the ring. Before Drew got back into the ring, Corbin threw McIntyre into the steel post. And that was uh, enough to give him the advantage at this point in the match. So he was on the outside for a little bit, and McIntyre gets on the ring apron. He's about to enter the ring. Corbin took advantage, took a handful of hair, and threw him right into the steel post. And that's what led to Corbin being in control in the beginning stages of this match. So, the back here of Drew McIntyre, his lower back was the focus. Not the neck, 
but the lower back was Baron Corbin's focus here. Vertical suplex, back suplex by Corbin, went for another cover, only got a one count. Drew kicked out of a couple of pin attempts at one by Baron Corbin. Drew was uh, obviously selling his back here. Corbin was in control. Mad Cat Moss, who won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal on Friday by eliminating Finn Balor, the United States champion, by the way. Yeah, he eliminated Finn Balor to win the Battle Royal. Finn Balor, by the way, the United States champion, not on WrestleMania night one or night two. Either is Ricochet. I don't know why. This is why I have a problem with WWE at times. Most of the time, they don't treat their champions like they are important. There's no reason why Ricochet and Finn Balor should not be on WrestleMania's card. But this match is. I don't get it. Not even good enough for a pre-show match. I wonder what happened. I wonder what happened. Are they too vanilla midget for Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard? Probably. Anyway. So we got a vertical suplex and a back suplex here. He went for a cover, only got a one count. Madcap Moss jumps on the apron. Starts celebrating and cheering on Baron Corbin because he's in control of this match. Corbin wanted to run the ropes, but he sees Madcap Moss on the apron. What are, what are you doing? Why are you there? Get down! I got it. Get down. I don't need you to cheer me on. He's on the apron cheering him on. He wanted to run the ropes, but Madcap was in the way. He started yelling at him to get down. So he turns around after being distracted by Madcap, and he had his spine buster by Drew McIntyre. Overhead toss, backbreaker by Drew. Corbin countered a future shock DDT. Drew went for a bulldog. Corbin turned it into a deep six. That was a very nice spot. He goes for a cover. He gets a two and a half. Drew got up again. He goes up top to the top rope, flying clothesline. He signaled for the Claymore, and Madcap pulled Corbin out of the ring. Drew missed the Claymore. Actually, before that, I'm sorry. Uh, He pulled uh, Corbin out of the ring. Drew said, fuck you guys, and he decided to jump over the top rope with a flying senton or, or swanton over the top rope, and he took out Corbin and Madcap on the outside. He gave Madcap a belly-to-belly overhead suplex for the fuck of it because he was just there and in his way. McIntyre goes up top again. He missed the clothesline again. Drew missed a Claymore kick in retaliation for missing the clothesline. Corbin saw an opening. He delivered the end of days. Nobody kicks out of the end of days, bro. This is it. Baron Corbin was going to win the match. The end of days, by the way, I think Baron Corbin sucks. But Baron Corbin is the best finishing move, in my honest opinion, in WWE. The end of days is great. Nobody's kicked out of it. Six years. Nobody has kicked out of the end of days. That ended tonight. You wanted a WrestleMania moment? Drew McIntyre got not one, but two. He kicked out of the end of days. That was the first person ever to kick out of the end of days. It is no longer the most protected finisher in all of the WWE. I don't know why they chose this match and this night and for Drew McIntyre to kick out of it. I always thought it would be used in a bigger match situation, a more prominent feud or maybe for a title. Drew McIntyre kicks out of the end of days. The first person to ever do that. So the streak of nobody kicking out of the end of days is over. Drew with the Future Shock DDT. He kips up. Claymore kick. One, two, three. 
And that is it. Drew McIntyre gets the victory. And I hope to God that this feud is over. No more. I don't know what Drew McIntyre does following WrestleMania, but I pray to God it has nothing to do with Happy Corbin and Matt Cat Moss. For all we know, Bruce Pritchard would fucking troll us on Friday night and we'll continue to get Drew McIntyre now feuding with Matt Cat Moss. And I have a feeling that Drew McIntyre is not done with these guys yet, but he will be moving on when Roman Reigns beats Brock Lesnar tomorrow night. I do think Drew McIntyre is going to be the first in line to challenge Roman Reigns for the undisputed Universal Championship of WWE. That's going to be your summer feud in WWE. Drew versus Roman. Drew's not going to win the title. Roman's not losing the title at all this year. And that will be the match going into WWE's summer months. But I do think we're going to end up getting a Corbin versus Madcap feud at some point as well. They've been teasing dissension there. And Madcap, man, you know, at the end of the day, I'm a fan of Madcap. I think Madcap is great. I thought he was great in NXT. I thought he was going to really hit it off in NXT. And then we just didn't see him. He got hurt. He never was brought back to NXT. We see him on the main roster. And now he's paired with Happy Corbin. The gimmick works for him because Corbin's gimmick is the way it is. So, I mean, they gel nicely and there's nice back and forth between them. But he could really be a breakout guy if WWE wants to give him something a little bit more serious after this comedy stuff is over with the Madcap gimmick. I think he's great. I think the jokes are cringe. Some of them are funny, not all of them. But I do think that Madcap does have some true potential. I do. But I do think we're going to get Corbin and Madcap feuding, and then maybe that will be his breakout and move on to the singles ranks with something a little bit different. But Drew McIntyre got the victory, predictable as it may be. This wasn't as bad as I expected it to be. I thought this was pretty decent. For an undercard match, this was better than Ronda and Charlotte. So I'll take it. Ray and Dominic Mysterio. Booyaka, booyaka, 619. And I say that because it gives me a excuse to drink my cold beverage. Booyaka, booyaka, Ray and Dominic Mysterio. Versus Logan Paul and The Miz. I'll be the first to fucking tell you, man. I'll be the first to fucking tell you that I hate celebrities being on WrestleMania. I I know why they do it. I get why WWE does it. It's been done since WrestleMania 1. I get it. But to see the roster the way it is right now and the fact that WWE is leaving off guys like Finn Balor and Ricochet and they've put more effort into building a storyline for Johnny Knoxville, who's a D-list actor in Hollywood, D-list celebrity, Logan Paul, they put more effort into Logan Paul, Johnny Knoxville, and Pat McAfee, more so than they did some of their active rosters, active roster members, and some of them are champions. That's the problem I have. So I'm never going to really, as a fan, me personally, never going to fully embrace the celebrity involvement at WrestleMania. I... Just like the Pat McAfee-Adam Cole match at TakeOver, uh, whenever they did it. TakeOver 30, I believe it was. Just like that match, I did not know the extensive training that Logan Paul had uh, undergone to get ready for this match. You may hate Logan Paul. I'm not a Logan Paul fan either. I think he is rather annoying. 
But I will give Logan Paul two major, major positives coming from me, a lifelong WWE fan. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He absolutely killed it tonight. He may have been one of the best things of the entire show with what he did. And he is a natural fucking heel, man, that I genuinely appreciate. He just gets it. He's an entertainer. And he takes that fucking hatred. And he threw it back at the fans tonight. And he let them have it. And they responded in ways that some of the people who are actual pro wrestlers only dream of he just killed it tonight so kudos to logan paul man he absolutely was one of the best things in my honest opinion about this entire show his performance now the miz the miz you know i'm not a fan of the miz i think the miz you know he is a hall of famer don't get me wrong my favorite miz was in 2016 when the miz was feuding with dolph ziggler The glory days of SmackDown following the 2016 draft. You guys remember that era of SmackDown, right? It's not like the SmackDown of old, the glory, glory days of SmackDown. But what we got in 2016, when Ryan Ward and Road Dogg were writing the show, and they had gotten the short end of the stick in the draft that year, Monday Night Raw was loaded, loaded. SmackDown put on certified bangers every single week. This is when brand-specific pay-per-views were still a thing. Raw had their own pay-per-views. SmackDown had their own pay-per-views. You know what SmackDown did that year? They took an off month in December where they had no pay-per-view. I think Raw was the only show that had a pay-per-view in December. I believe it was TLC. They gave you a pay-per-view SmackDown on whatever night of the week they were on that year. I don't remember what it was, Tuesday or Thursday, whatever the fuck it was. They gave you a pay-per-view level SmackDown. That era of SmackDown was beautiful. Beautiful. Miz that year feuded with Dolph Ziggler for the Intercontinental Championship. Dolph Ziggler put his career on the line if he couldn't beat Miz and couldn't win the Intercontinental Championship in a fucking ladder match at a pay-per-view that year. That is the best Miz that we've seen in his entire career. That's the Mike Mizan and I want. I am not a fan of this current version of The Miz. I do think The Miz works a very safe style. Good for him. He hasn't really been injured minus one time in his entire career following him being devoured by zombies. But Miz is too safe for me. I get why he does it, but he's too safe for me. 
This current Miz, not a fan. But there's something about him when he teams up with celebrity, you know, celebrities at WrestleMania. It always seems to just click with the Miz. Last year with Damian Priest and Bad Bunny, when he teamed with John Morrison, that was one of the best matches of the entire weekend. That match killed it. And the same thing happened tonight with Logan Paul. This was a great match. I enjoyed this match thoroughly. And Logan Paul, again, he was a great addition to the WrestleMania card. Coming off from uh, uh, coming off his, uh, his celebrity status. Rey Mysterio was dressed in Mexico colors. He looked fantastic tonight. I loved his attire. Dominic was dressed like Mr. USA tonight. He even looked great with his attire. So... I was watching some of these promo packages on the pre-show and I was listening to Ray talk about Dominic. I genuinely feel happy for Ray Mysterio that he gets to experience this with his son Dominic. Man, Dominic's been there through all the ups and downs, the highs and lows of Ray's career on television with Eddie Guerrero and this and that. He's been there throughout the entire run of Ray Mysterio in WWE. The fact that Ray is teaming with his son at WrestleMania, man, I can only imagine what that means for him being a father and teaming with his son, man. So I'm genuinely happy for him. I I can't even imagine what he's feeling. So that's awesome. Logan Paul, his attire looked fucking great tonight. Miz and Logan Paul had this yellow and black color-coordinated attire. Logan Paul wore a $6 million Pokemon card around his neck in a glass case bejeweled in diamonds around a gold chain with a bedazzled Pokemon ball as the centerpiece of this necklace. Of course he did. Anything to add to him being a big-time prick. Yeah, let me wear a Pokemon card around my neck because I have the money to afford something like that. Something that could fucking feed, you know, malnourished countries around the world. Six million dollar Pokemon card around his neck. It's great. It's great. Only he could do that. Logan Paul was the first in. Did a couple of leapfrogs over Rey Mysterio. Tried to do a split. He got kicked in the head. Rey tagged in Dominic, and they double-teamed the Miz. Dominic shot himself over the ropes with a nice-looking corkscrew dive onto the Miz. Logan hit Dominic from behind. Took advantage there. The Mysterios took over with Dominic running wild, and he hit a moonsault off the middle rope. And he got a near-fall cover on The Miz. So he followed up with an arm drag on Logan Paul and head scissors on The Miz. Dominic then hit a twisting crossbody to the floor. Fans really popped for this. Gave him a big reaction, like I said. Paul jumped Dominic from behind to take over. He had a running power slam on Dominic for a two-count, which looked very good. Logan Paul hit a nice running power slam. I will give him that. Paul and The Miz hit it kicks on Dominic, and the crowd did not appreciate this whatsoever. Paul then hit a blockbuster off the second rope. Again, nicely executed. He hit the blockbuster on Dominic, went for a near fall, got a two count. Fans started to rally behind Dominic at this point, and Logan Paul and The Miz kept Dominic isolated in their corner of the ring, cut him off from Rey Mysterio. Dominic fought back with the Tornado DDT on Miz and kicked Paul in the face. Rey eventually gets the hot tag. He caught Miz with a flying hurricanrana, he followed up with a seated senton and a kick to the face to, uh, to get a two count there. Ray hit a moonsault on Miz for another near fall, but Logan Paul broke up that moonsault pin attempt. 
So now Logan Paul and The Miz, they went for a double suplex, but Dominic caught Logan Paul with a super kick. Ray rolled up Miz for a near fall. Ray went for the 619. Miz tried fighting back. Ray followed up with a tornado DDT for a near fall. Ray then attempted the Three Amigos. You guys know the Three Amigos, those three snap suplexes that pay homage to Eddie Guerrero. He did this on The Miz, but the fans broke into an Eddie chant, and as they did that, The Miz stopped the third Amigo. He sent Ray into the ring post. Logan Paul then posed on uh, the apron in the ring, and the fans erupted in boos here for Logan Paul. Logan Paul, this is why I said he gets it. This is why I said he gets it, man. He took Rey Mysterio and delivered very nice three amigos of his own, and he hit the three amigos. He then goes to the top rope, and he does the Eddie Guerrero pose on the top rope and delivers a beautiful frog splash on Rey Mysterio, and he got booed out of the building, man. I can I can appreciate that level of fucking prick and that level of heel, man. That was great. That was awesome. Dominic made the save. So the baby faces are not coming back again. They hit a double 619 on Logan Paul, but Miz made a blind tag. Dominic hit the frog splash on Paul. Ray hit the second frog splash. Miz jumped in, slammed Dominic into Ray. He then hit a skull-crushing finale on Ray Mysterio. And Logan Paul and The Miz get the victory over the Mysterios. And I'm like, wow, that's surprising. So are we going to get the son and father breaking up angle? That's what I was thinking about. We didn't get anything like that. So Logan Paul and The Miz win this thing. They're in the ring. Referee holds up their hands. Logan Paul is relishing in this victory. He stole the spotlight from The Miz tonight. Miz, while standing there next to the referee with his arm raised, he shoots Logan Paul over a nasty look and gives Logan Paul a skull-crushing finale, almost as if he's saying, fuck you for stealing my spotlight. I'm still the king. This is my show. Get out of here. So Miz turned on Logan Paul and got a huge babyface reaction for it. So I don't know what that means, but if Logan Paul was that impressive tonight... If they want to bring him back, bring him back. I'll be okay with it. Same thing with McAfee, man. It just takes me a little bit to see what they could physically do in the ring. And he killed it tonight. McAfee killed it against Cole at TakeOver. And I don't really have an interest in seeing him wrestle all the time. But if he wants to do one-offs, depending on how he does tomorrow, I don't mind him coming back and doing one-offs as long as the story makes sense. But if Logan Paul wants to be a professional wrestler at any point in his career and do a semi-regular run, I I wouldn't mind it. I even tweeted out, like, if the Miz didn't turn on Logan Paul, give them the fucking tag team titles. They'd be a great fucking tag team. They killed it tonight, man. Very impressive by Logan Paul. Miz and Logan Paul get the victory. One of the most fun matches, in my honest opinion, of the entire night for night one tonight. Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship. I've been so hard on Becky Lynch, man. I honestly think some of the work that she's done in this new uh, role, this new persona of hers, it's way over the top. It's not really heel to me. It's more annoying. It's not in the pro wrestling realm 
something I want to see as far as I want to see Becky lose and lose the title and get her ass kicked. Honestly, the way it comes off to me, and I know I'm not the only one that feels this way, it's almost as if I would rather not her be on television. That's how bad it is. I'm not a fan of Becky Lynch at all. I was a fan of Becky when she was chasing Ronda and Charlotte going into WrestleMania 35. That was the Becky Lynch I appreciated. The bloody nose standing in the crowd fucking relishing in the goddamn fucking violence. That's the Becky Lynch that I liked. She was genuine. She was real. And everybody wanted to see her get the one-up on Charlotte and Ronda Rousey. I don't know what the fuck they're doing with this Becky Lynch. I don't. And it all started with that 26-second loss to Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair at SummerSlam. She buried Bianca Belair at SummerSlam. Now, I don't know if that is ever going to really come back and rear its ugly head after tonight. It's always going to be something in the back of someone like me's mind. It depends on how WWE books Bianca Belair going forward, which I don't really trust them to do anything right in the women's division. And I didn't really feel like this match was made to be a big deal. Bianca did not feel hot coming into this match. She was very lukewarm. Bianca was somebody that clearly needed to get the revenge on Becky Lynch, but I wasn't sure if WWE was going to pay it off. They don't have long-term booking in the back of their mind. Nobody will ever convince me that they did that 26-second loss for Bianca at SummerSlam because they had it in their minds, in their, in their vision of what WrestleMania was going to look like. Yeah, we're going to have Bianca buried at SummerSlam, and we're going to have Becky lose the title to Bianca in a revenge, or in a revenge angle at WrestleMania. They were not thinking that. They were not thinking that far ahead. They did what they did in the moment because they wanted to shock people, and shock value to them is more important than creative logic. That's what's important to WWE. It was fucked up. It was fucked up. And WWE did no favors for Bianca. Rematch after rematch after rematch after rematch with fucking Dodrop, who hasn't even been on television. I'm surprised she even still has a fucking job there. Nothing made Bianca feel greater than moving on into WrestleMania. She felt very ordinary. And Becky Lynch did not make the division better. Becky Lynch did nothing with the title to enhance the title. In fact, I honestly think Becky Lynch made the division worse with her just being there. There was no division outside Bianca Belair. They tried with Liv Morgan. They tried with Doe Drop. There's no competition there. I can only pray that after WrestleMania, Bailey comes back, Oscar comes back, Rhea Ripley starts to move up the ladder as well. Becky and Bianca is over. I don't want to see it again. Tonight, I didn't have any interest coming into this match. And I always questioned and nobody gave me an answer. What is Becky Lynch going to do for Bianca that Sasha could not do last year? And I honestly feel the same way even after this great match by these two ladies tonight. It's all in the follow-up. I want you guys to understand that. It is all in the follow-up. This match could have been a five-star match. You could have loved it. You could watch it fucking ten times over this weekend. What I'm about to tell you is what should be the most important thing to you. It's all in the follow-up. If WWE had such a great match with these two, then the follow-up should be something that enhances Bianca Belair. You can't take Bianca Belair and this great match and put her on Raw as the new women's champion and then feud her with fucking Lacey Evans. 
or Dana Brooke or somebody completely irrelevant. Natalia, not going to work that way. WWE always botches the follow-up. That's my problem. And that's why I've said for months, what did Becky do that Sasha could not do last year? I don't get it. Everybody's putting all their hopes and dreams in Becky getting Bianca over. If anybody was going to get Bianca over, it wasn't going to be Becky Lynch. If anybody was going to get Bianca over, it was going to be Bianca Belair because she's a great in-ring talent. That's what was going to get Bianca over. Not Becky, not the title, Bianca. Smash was the second best thing on the entire night. Only Cody was better than this. Cody and Rollins were my number one tonight. Becky Lynch entered the ring in what I believe was a uh, Escalade. It might have been an Escalade or a Jeep Wrangler. I, I don't know. I don't know what it was. On the stage, wearing uh, all black. Literally, she looked ridiculous. And I'm being brutally honest with you. Becky Lynch looked like a fairy tale witch. Something you'd read your children at the end of the night, man, to hopefully get them to fall asleep. Becky Lynch imitated Gollum on Monday Night Raw two weeks ago. My precious. Right? And she was talking about the little hobbitses. The little hobbitses. I sold my soul to the little hobbitses. Right? Whatever the fuck she was talking about, Becky Lynch. Tonight, she came out. And she looked, all she was missing tonight was the basket of red apples. <laughs> Take this, my little pretty. Why don't you eat the apple? Why don't you eat the poison apple? Right? That's what she looked like tonight. Becky Lynch. The fuck is she doing? She looks utterly ridiculous. Does Becky Lynch. She legitimately looked like a witch out of Cinderella. And I'm being honest with you. I don't know, man. I don't know how you guys like this over the top. Becky Lynch, man, I find it to be incredibly cringe. I don't know. Some of you might find me to be incredibly incredibly cringe. I don't fucking care. I got 5,100 people watching me here, man. Number one, call me cringe all you want. But she looked like she was about to pull out a fucking red apple and have Bianca Belair poison on WrestleMania, right? Take a bite, my little precious. <laughs> Bianca Belair... She came out. She got a star-studded entrance tonight. Texas Southern University marching band took the stage to play Bel Air and her theme music. I thought this was great. I always appreciate a nice college band, bro. I really do. So they played her entrance. She danced on the stage in this bright red outfit. This was by far Bianca's best outfit ever. Becky Lynch, not so much. Becky Lynch, not so much, man. She really did look like she sold herself to, sold to fucking Satan himself with what she was wearing, man. She looked like she came from the depths of fucking Hades. Fucking Becky Lynch. Texas Southern University, man. Awesome stuff playing Bianca Belair to the ring. Crowd gave these two a standing ovation before uh, they even locked up. So they immediately teased. This was WWE scared the fucking shit out of me, man. They went right to the same start that they did at SummerSlam in Las Vegas. They immediately teased the same start to their SummerSlam match, but Bianca countered the manhandle slam. She went for the handshake. Becky went for the manhandle slam, but this time Bianca countered the manhandle slam, turned it into a KOD. Becky countered the KOD and delivered the manhandle slam, and they teased Becky winning again, man. This was 
the closest pinfall attempt of the entire match. So, whoever produced this match, I hope they get a raise, man. That A was great, and B legitimately scared the shit out of me. They could have easily did the same thing. And they trolled us, man. They got us. I thought that was it. I'm like, holy shit, they're going to do it again? Then Bianca really should just quit altogether. Several pinfall attempts back and forth by both. Bianca with a vertical suplex attempt, and Becky turned it into a soft DDT reversal. Not really all that swift there by Becky Lynch. Maybe it was the outfit, man. Maybe she needs to take a bite of that fucking red apple. Becky goes up top for a moonsault and missed. Bianca goes for the disarm her. So uh, Bianca trying uh, Becky Lynch's moves here. Lynch counted her own move into a cradle for a two count on Bianca. Tons of pinfall reversals back and forth. There was a lot of reversals of pinfalls early in this match. So they both tumble to the outside. Uh, Belair gets shoved into the steel steps. This seemed to give Becky the control of the match for a little bit. Two Bexploder suplexes followed. Bianca tried to throw some punches, but to no avail here. Tried for a springboard off the apron, but Becky hung her out to dry over the top rope. Throw first. Delivered a big flying leg drop across the back of Bianca's neck. Becky in control still. Slowing the pace down with a headlock. Bianca worked back up into the corner. Becky countered and up and over. She went into the corner, did the up and over. And that was transitioned into an armbar. Bianca muscled up the armbar by Becky Lynch, dumped both Becky and herself over the top rope to the outside. So on the outside, Becky Lynch was planted with a vertical suplex on the mat. Both now back in the ring. They make the referees count at eight. They're both brawling in the ring. Crowd going crazy for both of these ladies. Bianca delivers a gut buster for a near fall. Becky with a head scissor into a pinfall for two. Bianca with her handstand moonsault. She goes for cover. She gets it too. Both are now battling on the top rope. And both ladies are throwing big bombs at each other, big right hands at each other. Bianca puts Becky on her shoulders, drops Becky right across the top turnbuckle. Bianca goes back up to the second rope and hits a perfect 450 splash off the second, off the second turnbuckle for the second closest near fall of the match up until this point. She nailed it. Beautifully done. Becky rolled out to the apron. Bianca walks into a stun gun over the top rope by Becky Lynch and kicks to the throat by Becky. So she's targeting what she initially went after on Bianca several weeks ago on Monday Night Raw. Becky goes up to the top with a spinning body dive. I don't know what she was going for. Maybe she was going for a seated senton. She inadvertently... Kicked Beck, uh, Bianca, did Becky, right in the eye. I believe it was on the, the left side of her face. Her eye was swollen because she got hit hard way off of this botched maneuver that Becky Lynch was attempting. She saved it somewhat, but her boot went right into Bianca's face. Manhandle slam, blocked by Bianca. Becky runs into a spine buster. She goes for that handspring moonsault again, does Belair. Becky this time gets the knees up. Both trade another series of pinfalls. Becky was going to the top. Bianca caught her in a KOD, but Becky held on to the ropes. I love this spot. Very smart move by Becky Lynch. Bianca then uh, outsmarts Becky and dumps Becky over the top with the KOD to the floor on the outside. Rolled Becky back in the ring to Bianca. She's like, all right, I'm going to take this bitch. I'm going to throw her in the ring, and I'm going to pin her one, two, three, because I just did my finishing move on the outside. Becky 
like the veteran she is, got rolled back into the ring, and she kept rolling to the opposite side of the ring. Becky got up, manhandle slam with Bianca following. She delivered a manhandle slam on the steel steps to Bianca. Bianca was outside. I thought this was going to end in a countout. Bianca gets up at nine and gets back in the ring before the referee's 10 count. Becky with a quick roll-up. Bianca kicks out. Becky is frustrated. Becky goes to the second turnbuckle, flips through, and misses a move. Bianca runs quick into the corner, catches her in the KOD. Crowd explodes. One, two, three. Bianca Belair is the new Raw Women's Champion. These two ladies killed it. This is the Becky Lynch that I want to see, man. Dump the shtick. Dump the cringe promos. Dump the -the over-the-top Conor McGregor attitude and outfits. You're not fucking Conor McGregor. Nobody will ever be Conor McGregor. You need to be stone-cold Becky Lynch, man. Not Conor McGregor Becky Lynch. That shit sucks. I don't want to see that here. This is the Becky Lynch that we... This was the best Becky Lynch match since she's been back in WWE since giving birth. This was great for both ladies. The question is, like I said before, it's in the follow-up. You can have a great match. You can have a thousand of these matches. If WWE doesn't follow it up, what the fuck is the point? Who's next for Bianca Belair? What are you going to do differently in this second reign that you didn't do in the first reign? Because the first reign wasn't all that good. The matches with Bailey were okay. The feud with Sasha was okay. It wasn't anything over the top. It wasn't anything memorable. The match itself and the significance of their match last year was greater than anything that they that they told as far as story on television. What are you going to do differently with Bianca Belair this time around that now that she's a two-time Raw Women's Champion? What? And I want to make sure you guys are aware that Bianca Belair has now beaten Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. She's won two titles in two back-to-back WrestleManias. Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks, they are half of the WWE Horsewomen. Do we get Bianca versus Bayley next year? Do we get Bianca versus Charlotte at WrestleMania? Will Bianca Belair be the first woman to beat all of the WWE Horsewomen at WrestleMania? Something to keep an eye on. Because we already got two in the can. All she needs to do is beat Bailey and beat Charlotte at WrestleMania. One of those women and one of those matches I'm not looking forward to. I'll give you a fucking guess as to who it is. Give me Bailey and give me Bailey on Raw after Mania. She needs to be back desperately. This division needs her more than ever. It's in the follow-up. Are you going to follow it up or are you going to botch it like you usually do? I can't get excited about how great this match was because I guarantee you WWE's going to botch it somewhere along the way. They did it with everybody else before Bianca. They've done nothing to show me otherwise. Great match. Second best match of the entire night, if you ask me. Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins came out. He was introduced first. He was wearing what looked to be pajamas at first, but... It was a black and blue with some silver in there. Attire, he looked fantastic tonight, did Seth Rollins. Fantastic. His suit on the pre-show even looked fantastic, man. Seth Rollins, loving what he's doing right now. 
Everybody was wondering who this is going to be, man. Who's it going to be? WWE milked the shit out of this person coming out tonight, man. Cody's in, no, Seth Rollins is in the ring. He's waiting for what was Cody to come out. He's in the ring. He's in the ring. Come on, come on. I know you're back there. What's taking so long? We don't got all night. The lights go out. The lights go out. I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. Who does the light go out for? It's either one of two people. Is it going to be the Undertaker? I was waiting to hear the gong go off. Is it the Undertaker? After what he said at the Hall of Fame, never say never. I will rest in peace. No, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the Undertaker. What about Bray Wyatt? All I seen was the darkness of AT&T Stadium, and I seen a lot of fireflies out there with their phones out. I'm like, oh my goodness, is it going to be Bray Wyatt? Are we going to get a rematch from that disastrous Hell in a Cell match? Who is it going to be, bro? Who is it going to be? Fireworks go off up the stage. And we get all these fireworks going off along the WrestleMania logo on the stage. All of a sudden, we hear that intro, man. Pro Wrestling and the Royal Family that Cody Rhodes likes to refer to as his family. We heard that intro, and we heard Cody Rhodes' theme, and all of a sudden, you see him rise from the stage. And Cody Rhodes is back in the WWE. I got chills, man. This, to me, was one of my... Best and most favorite WrestleMania moments of all time. And it's not because I love Cody Rhodes. Because I loved everybody's reaction about him coming in. And I loved all the interaction with everybody. And the fact that he was an AEW executive three months ago. Last time we saw Cody Rhodes, he was in a fucking ladder match with Sammy Guevara, jumping off the fucking ladder, doing a goddamn uh, crazy... He was a stuntman in that match. Sammy with the fucking cutter off the top rope, off the uh, top of the ladder. Incredible. The best North American ladder match in over 20 years Cody Rhodes and Sammy Guevara had. He lost the TNT Championship. He's back in WWE. I'm glad he's back in the WWE. If you guys have not been listening to me, I am not upset about this. I love this. I, I, I relish this. This is exactly what I wanted. This is, this is WrestleMania to me. I love the fact that Cody left WWE. I love the fact that Cody went and made a name for himself. I love the fact that Cody started a rival promotion that's taking WWE shit and shoving it up their ass. I love the fact that we now have competition. I love the fact that Tony Khan is creating an alternative in North America. You cannot hate anything that Tony Khan is doing. If you do, you're a fucking nimrod. This is great for pro wrestling. Cody was a part of that. But Cody got bored. Cody got bored. Cody has an ego. Cody knew that he created something that is going to get him paid. But at the end of the day, Cody has an ego. Why did Cody Rhodes leave W or why did Cody Rhodes leave AEW for WWE? It's because Tony Khan didn't need Cody Rhodes anymore. He brought in CM Punk. 
He brought in Brian Danielson. He brought in Adam Cole, baby. He brought in Keith Lee. He's going to continue to bring in people. Who, who's to say he doesn't bring in Cesaro and Gargano and Bray Wyatt? He brought in Malachi. He brought in Andrade. Every single signing that Tony Khan brought into AEW, it theoretically pushed Cody Rhodes further down the ladder. He was never going to be the top guy in AEW. Never. Not with who's there now. When Cody first started AEW with the Bucks and Hangman and Tony Khan, he was the number one guy. It was him and Omega and Jericho and Moxley. So he was a part of that. Now he's got Jericho, Moxley, Punk, Brian, Cole, Page, right? MJF. How many top guys does AEW have? Cody was in the top 10, but he was at the, the bottom of the top 10. He wasn't their number one anymore. He couldn't take it anymore. He was never going to get that big crowning moment. He was never going to be that world champion. Tony Khan had a different vision. It did not involve Cody Rhodes. He didn't want to be TNT champion a thousand fucking times. Because that's exactly what they settled him in. They settled him in that role. How many times can he win the TNT title? So he said, you know what? My contract's up. I'm going to give it some thought. And he ended up signing with the WWE. But the thing is, when Cody and the rumor of him going to WWE first started up and first popped up, I loved it. I thought it was great. Do you want to know why this is great? If you're an AEW fan, you can hate Cody Rhodes all you want. You can hate him all you want. I don't hate him. I think he's fucking fantastic. Is he an egotistical fucking prick? Yes. Yes, he is. Is he a turncoat? I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say he's a turncoat, but if you want to tell me he's a turncoat, I'm not going to argue your opinion. You, you could sit here and call him fucking a Benedict Arnold. You could sit here and call him whatever the fuck you want. He's a traitor. Fine. That's what the impression is about Cody Rhodes. If you're an AEW fan and, he, and you see Cody Rhodes on WrestleMania having a five-star match with Seth Rollins, you're not going to like it too much because you think he abandoned the mission statement of AEW. That's fine. That's fine. But I'm looking at it from a different perspective altogether. Does Tony Khan need Cody Rhodes? Absolutely not. AEW is running on the best cylinders that they've had in three years without Cody Rhodes. They have so much talent over there, you don't even fucking realize Cody Rhodes is gone. Now, Cody Rhodes, you know, Tony Khan might not need Cody Rhodes, but WWE needs Cody Rhodes. WWE needs Cody Rhodes. Tony Khan don't, but Vincent Bruce need Cody Rhodes. Do you want to know why? Because the majority of WWE television sucks. That's why. There's nothing on Raw that's interesting outside of Adam Copeland. Edge. That's it. Everything else on Monday Night Raw is complete dog shit. SmackDown, you got Roman Reigns. What's Roman Reigns going to do when he's the undisputed champion after tomorrow night? Who's he going to feud with? A Drew McIntyre feud doesn't really spell interest to me. That's it. It's over. Roman Reigns is going to retire the Universal Champion. SmackDown's roster is pathetic. There's nothing on Friday. SmackDown is worse than Raw right now. And that's sad. Billions of dollars for SmackDown. You're worse than Monday Night Raw. Where Monday Night Raw was the worst show on fucking television for years. SmackDown's overtaking it in one calendar year. That's how bad SmackDown is. Cody Rhodes brings a level of interest to a dying creative WWE product that is in desperate need of any sort of attraction or interest at the end of the day. And you know who's going to bring that level of interest and attraction? Good old Cody Rhodes, man. The American Nightmare. 
That's who's going to bring that level of attention. So if Cody's going back to WWE, it gives me one more reason to care about what is on their television program where before he got there, I gave jack shit about WWE television. So if I find interest in one thing now on WWE television, it makes me smile for an additional 20 minutes on a Monday or Friday night, depending on where he goes. That's why I like this move. I smile for two hours every Wednesday during Dynamite. I don't need Cody Rhodes on Wednesday. I need Cody Rhodes on Monday or Friday night for WWE. This is a great move. This is a win-win situation. Cody Rhodes is going to thrive in WWE if they don't change a single fucking thing. They nailed him perfect. If this was a grand slam in home in baseball terminology, this was a grand slam in the bottom of the ninth and a game-winning one at that, they nailed him absolutely as perfect as you could, man. Entrance, pyro, outfit, theme, reaction, entire moment. Picture fucking perfect. I would not change a single fucking thing about Cody Rhodes from this point on. Do I trust Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon? Fuck no, I don't trust Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon. I'll be cursing them to the fucking heavens on Friday night. They're getting the good JD tonight, so bear with me. Friday night, I'll be shitting them all, shitting on them all over again. But if they change anything from tonight, you've already failed. You change nothing about what you did tonight. Nothing. That's the Cody we need to see. He doesn't need to be on television every week. He doesn't need to be on fucking TV wrestling every week. He needs to wrestle the 20 to 25 matches per year. That edge is working. That's it. He needs to be on that Daniel Bryan schedule when Bryan was there. You don't need to wrestle every week. The more you have him wrestle, the less valuable he will be. The more he wrestles, the less interesting Cody Rhodes will be, and he will be like everybody else. And you do not want Cody Rhodes to feel like Damian Priest. You don't. This is a win-win situation for WWE. This is a win-win situation for the fans. And I know I'm not the only one that said this. I said this from the fucking first report that came out. And everybody kind of knew this because there are a couple of smart eggs in the community, me being the best one. WWE has a rare W waiting for them, and it's so easy, man. It's given to them. They they could walk past the finish line and be handed a free W with this. WWE fucks this up. Nobody that they have interest in over an AEW is going to jump shit. Jay Cargill, Wardlow, MJF. If anybody over there is thinking about Jumping ship. If anybody is thinking about jumping ship from AEW to WWE, then Cody Rhodes needs to remain the American Nightmare and booked at a high level and given top priority. If he wavers and if he fails at any time in this run, however long he's there, you may kiss an MJF goodbye. You may end up kissing a Jade Cargill Goodbye, and you know WWE wants MJF. You know WWE wants Jade Cargill or whoever else they may not have an interest in, but they really do have an interest in because they will never admit AEW's competition. It works the other way around, too. It works the other way around. Cody Rhodes is somebody that was being treated like shit. 
He went to the Indies. He made himself. He made himself into a megastar. He got himself a nice payday. Who's to say that people in WWE don't follow the Cody Rhodes route? Leave WWE. Ricochet leaves WWE. He goes on the Indies. He makes himself into a megastar. Who's to say WWE doesn't bring him back at the end of his career? People like that on the WWE roster right now may look at Cody Rhodes and see him come back and make the money he's making. They may actually jump ship to go find another opportunity. So it works equally both ways. It works equally both ways. This is not just a one-sided deal with Cody Rhodes coming over and the AEW talent that WWE's interested in. They dropped the ball there. This is a two-way street here. Now, the reason why Cody Rhodes left AEW, and this is on a podcast that was released today. He had a conversation with Variety, and he confirms that WWE doesn't plan to change anything about Cody's presentation from AEW. He says this, and I quote, with variety. Yeah, I mean, there should be no difference. To quote some of these individuals who courted me for this moment, it's not broke, and this was a place that didn't care for me. And it wasn't that they didn't have love and respect for me, but as a wrestler... I wasn't considered their most desirable. If anything, I was kind of undesirable. That's where the whole mantra comes from, the whole promo of desirable to undeniable, to be able to return on your terms. It kind of feels like being in the military and having conquered something or having won this battle and being able to stand and keep your chin parallel to the floor and to be able to come in with that fashion, a bit of a conquering hero. That's how I see it in my dreams. Rhodes described his return as feeling really heavy, happy, excited, pressure, responsibility, all of it. His goals in WWE, he says this, I told Vince McMahon, Bruce Prichard, and Nick Khan, this very small circle of individuals, I told them what I truly believe, and that's it. I'm the best wrestler in the world. And to go further with it, I actually don't think there's a close second. But with that said, the opportunity now exists to prove it. And that's what I'm most excited about. Cody Rhodes thinks he's the best pro wrestler in the world. I don't know if I'd go that far. But in WWE's land, in their universe, he may very well be. He was already the best storyteller in all pro wrestling. And now he's working for Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard. Do not change a fucking thing. His departure from AEW. He's 36 years old, and he kept it close to the vest. And he says that he's got love for Kenny Omega, Matt and Nick Jackson. And he talks about them having a falling out, supposedly. I chose to remain silent about my departure from AEW, and I'm going to keep my word on that. There's no shoot interview. There's no nefarious tale that's going to be told. There were all these different theories, and none of them were correct. I mean, there were things about money and creative control. They were printed as fact, and it's been a very factual, it's been a very difficult two months to see that. When the reality is, it was just time. It was a personal matter, and we couldn't move past it. For me, it was just time to move on. I get an opportunity at my dream, I get another chance at it, and you really can't leave any stone unturned with that. 
He also confirms reports he's working on an A&E documentary about his father. This was a money move for WWE and one that needed to be made. And I'm glad he's back with WWE because they now get the best storyteller in all of pro wrestling and they have somebody on their roster that's going to generate interest in everything he does. Do not change a single thing. He debuted tonight again with WWE as the American Nightmare and they nailed it perfectly. You do not deviate away from what you did tonight. Otherwise, it will be deemed a failure. Seth Rollins and Cody put on a five-star, as close to a five-star match as possible. 4.75, 4.8, whatever you want to say. It was damn near a five-star match. Wasn't the greatest WrestleMania match that I've seen, but on this show, with everything and the emotions running high, this was easily the best thing on the entire night. Chills. I got chills up and down on my arm watching Cody come out. It was truly amazing. Headlock and arm drag to start. Cody got the best of Rollins. Showed off. He did his old stardust hand gesture. Got a standing ovation for it. Rollins did it right back to Cody. Gloated after some offense. Cody gets the best of Rollins again after some arm drag attempts that were blocked. He dropped down. He did his signature drop down punch. Rollins attempted the pedigree. This was one of many attempts at the pedigree, which I find funny, on Cody Rhodes, who really, in AEW, did everything he could to disrespect Triple H, breaking thrones and the shovel and the sledgehammer and all this other shit. Burying talent is another rumor in uh, in AEW from the fans. Cody was their version of Triple H. So, Rollins attempted the pedigree. Rhodes attempted the crossroads. Rollins attempted the stomp. Both men went back and forth on vertical suplex attempts until both were dumped over the top rope and landed hard on the outside. Cody took control by dragging Rollins into the steel post back in the ring. It slowed a bit with an armbar submission by Cody, so he was working on Rollins' arm. Rollins caught on the ropes. Cody with what looked to be a low blow at this point. He kicked him right in the nuts. Rollins with an enziguri to counter, but Cody... Uh, Went right back to the arm and worked on that arm and made that the focus of his match. He did get a little cocky, though. He went up top. He came off, and Rollins countered a crossbody attempt by Cody with a nice standing drop kick as Cody came down. Rollins is in control now. He was working on Cody's ribcage with a gut buster. He was working on the ribcage, so that was his focus of the match. Cody was on the mat holding his ribcage. And Rollins yelled, welcome back to the big leagues, bitch, at Cody Rhodes, which was audibly and visibly heard on the camera that was staring right at them. Rollins focused his attack on Cody's ribs with a bear hug now, and this slowed the match down for a bit. Cody worked out and delivered a snap power slam. Rollins clotheslined to the outside. Cody with a suicide dive on Rollins that sent Rollins over the announce desk in a very intense manner. Cody's back in the ring. He goes up top with a moonsault. He did not get all of it. It was more like a twisting crossbody or a flipping crossbody. This was the sloppiest part of the match, but he got a near fall, and the commentary team tried to sell it as if he did not get all of it. It looked more like a crossbody than a moonsault. Rollins rolled to the outside. Cody went for a disaster kick by jumping off the steps. Rollins caught him with a powerbomb, and he powerbombed him into the barricade on the outside. Back in the ring. Springboard knee by Rollins. Super kick. 
Falcon Arrow. He goes for a cover, gets a two count. So Rollins went for the stomp. Cody countered the stomp into a roll-up. Crossroads by Cody. Rollins kicked out at a two and a half. I don't like it. I don't like that crossroads was done and Cody already has somebody kicking out of the crossroads on his first night. Don't like it. Crossroads should have been done once or twice, however the times he wanted to do it, and that should have been the ending of the match. Rollins should not have kicked out of the crossroads. That's the only part of this match I did not like. So crossroads, Rollins kicks out. Rhodes goes up top again. Rollins stops him. Cody goes chest first down into the turnbuckle off the top rope. Both men are up top. Rollins with a huge reverse vertical suplex off the top rope. Reverse DDT when they get back down off the top rope. Closest near fall of the match for Seth Rollins. Rollins is clearly frustrated. He can't put Cody away. Rollins is going back up top in the opposite corner. Rollins rolled through a missed Phoenix splash. Rollins went for a pedigree again. Cody blocked it. Cody went for the pedigree of his own. Went for a powerbomb. Cody goes up top, delivers an unbelievable Cody cutter on Rollins. Rollins kicks out. Rollins eventually battles back, gets a pedigree, hits it, nails the pedigree for a two count. Both men now up, throwing bombs back and forth. Rollins got the best of them. Kicks to the face. Huge forearm shot to the back of Cody's neck. Rhodes took advantage after Rollins started to show off a little bit. One crossroads, two crossroads. He does the bionic elbow, third crossroads, and that was it. One, two, three, off of three crossroads, four in total, and a bionic elbow. Cody Rhodes wins his return match against Seth Rollins at WrestleMania in one of the best WrestleMania moments that this company has seen. Awesome, awesome stuff, man. Loved everything about it. And I urge WWE, and I'm going to repeat myself again, do not even think about changing anything that this man has brought to the table on this night. Otherwise, it is a failure. You let him be Cody, or otherwise, you ain't getting the best that you signed in Cody Rhodes. Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. This was easily the worst match of the entire night. And I'm glad WWE opted to put this match on next to last. But they were in a death spot. They were in a death spot, man. There was no way you were following Cody Rhodes. After Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins had a damn near five-star match... The Undertaker came out to grace us with his presence as WWE usually announces everybody that was inducted in the Hall of Fame the night before. So the Undertaker comes out with the full entrance, the lightning and the the music, and he's standing out there waving to everybody. So Charlotte and Ronda had to follow Becky and Bianca, which was the better women's match of the night. They killed it earlier in the show. They had to follow Cody and Rollins, and and then they had to follow The Undertaker. You were legitimately in the death spot of the night, Because everything around you was just so much better. The match itself was never going to be at that level. I could have told you that from week one of the build. These women suck. The build sucks. The stories suck. Ronda is not cutting it. She's not. She sleeps her way through a fucking promo. WWE gave her the Royal Rumble while burying everybody else that was in there. And... 
Charlotte politic to be in the main event of WrestleMania. This was before Stone Cold Steve Austin was even guaranteed to come back. She thought she had a main event spot. It brings me great joy to know that Charlotte Flair and all the politicking she did to get this match was not in the main event. And that next year, it's going to be Becky and Ronda in the main event for WrestleMania in Los Angeles. So Becky will now have two main events and Charlotte, poor Charlotte, will only have one main event WrestleMania. Oh, I'm sorry. Like your 15 fucking title reigns isn't enough, right? Ronda Rousey, man, sleeping her way through fucking promos. Every major city falling asleep. She put the city that never sleeps into a fucking coma when she was in Brooklyn. Ronda Drowsy. Ridiculous. She sucks. This match was the worst of the entire night, man. Match was dull. Crowd was half asleep. And they only came alive towards maybe the last three or four minutes of this match. Primarily, the match sucked and the crowd was dead for most of it. Rousey had the early advantage with rights and lefts. Referee Charles Robinson got in between them because it was getting a little physical. Uh Uh-oh. Flair took advantage of the forearm. Rousey fought back with an arm bar. Flair broke free. Flair took over and sent Rousey into the ring post. Flair was firmly in control and slowed the pace down with a face lock. Rousey started to fight back again. Flair responded with some hard clotheslines. She slowed the pace down again with a dragon sleeper. Rousey broke free again. She took it to Flair with a knee. Ronda's knees. I I swear to God, man. I I thought with the knees that Ronda was giving Charlotte, that Charlotte was going to come up bleeding from the nose. That's how stiff the knees were, man. The match itself was, was not good, but the physicality, man, it looks like they were throwing legit bombs at each other. So it was very intense. Flair tried to jump on Rousey's knee, but she moved and hit a version of a, of a tornado DDT, not looking all that good. Rousey took it to Flair with a kick to the head, threw, it, threw her around. Flair recovered, hit a spear for a near fall. Crowd was pretty silent and dead up until this point. Fans briefly came alive towards the later parts of the match. Flair went for her moonsault. Charlotte Flair went up top for her moonsault. She misses the moonsault. She lands on her feet. She stops. There's this slight hesitation. And she does the standing moonsault like Andrade. And Rousey was out of position. And it was mistimed again. I got 50, I got uh, 5,100 people in this fucking live stream chat right now. I think every one of you can agree with me that Charlotte Flair needs to axe the moonsault from her repertoire completely. Every single fucking time, no matter if you're in there with the fucking biggest rookie of all time or the biggest veteran Hall of Famer of all time, she sucks executing a moonsault. This woman cannot do a moonsault. It looks worse every single fucking time. And then the commentary team, they try so fucking desperately and pathetically to play it off as if something in the match was not right and Charlotte missed, uh, you know, she she hit it, but she didn't connect all of it. I got to listen to these fucking shills tell me that she tried to do a great moonsault, but she didn't get all of it. She didn't get none of it. She never gets any of it. Why are you doing it? Why? Who produces her matches? I'd love to know, man. I need a name and a number. Who produces her matches? Who looks at Charlotte's matches and thinks, oh, oh, she had a good moonsault tonight. Maybe we'll add that in the match. Every single fucking time, it is garbage. 
garbage. A 400-pound Keith Lee could do a better fucking moonsault than the most athletic woman in WWE history. Go figure. Overrated is Charlotte Flair. Flair hung Rousey up in the corner and locked in a Boston Crab on the top rope. Rousey broke free, punched Flair in the face. She then threw Flair off the top rope. Rousey hit Piper's Pit and said, that Piper's Pit, by the way, is that uh, swinging uh, fall-away slam that she does. Hit Piper's Pit, set up for an armbar. Rousey took her time, which allowed Flair to recover. Flair rocked Rousey with a boot to the face. Flair went for the figure four, but Rousey escaped, hit a power slam for a two-count. Rousey went for Piper's Pit again. Flair escaped. Rousey applied the ankle lock, but Flair reversed the move. Rousey sent Flair into the turnbuckle, but Flair fought back with a powerbomb. Sloppy-looking powerbomb, power bomb, but a powerbomb nonetheless. Rousey went for the armbar, but Flair counted into the figure four. Rousey reversed into an ankle lock, but Flair broke free. So they traded submission moves, and, and they fought at ringside towards the end of this match. Rousey pulled Flair off the apron. Flair recovered and caught Rousey with a suplex into, a, uh, into the barricade. They were both on the outside. They both beat the 10 count back in. Flair went for a big boot. Rousey grabbed her leg. Rousey hit Piper's pit again. Robinson counted three, but Flair got her foot on the bottom rope. Botch, as always, in a Charlotte Flair match. Robinson waved it off. Flair hit natural selection for a near fall. Flair went for the figure four, but Rousey kicked off. Flair speared Charles Robinson inadvertently. Rousey caught Flair with an armbar. She obviously tapped out because Charles Robinson was out. Referee didn't see any of this. Rousey goes to wake up the referee. Flair took advantage as Rousey got up to wake the referee. Kicked Rousey in the face. And that was it. One, two, three. And Charlotte Flair pins Ronda Rousey. And is still the SmackDown Women's Champion. Rousey looked like a complete blithering idiot, number one. Number two, it looks like we're not ending this feud anytime soon, ladies and gentlemen. It looks like Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey are going to continue on Friday nights, and that is exactly what Friday night doesn't need right now. We don't need more Charlotte. We don't need more Ronda. So clearly WWE is using Ronda as much as they can for as long as they got her, and she's going to be at WrestleMania Backlash. Because the ending fits right into the fucking name. WrestleMania Backlash. We're going to get a rematch. And what? Charlotte Flair is going to lose the title then? Right? Because Fox, there's no doubt in my mind that Fox wants Ronda as the SmackDown Women's Champion. So they'll do it at WrestleMania Backlash. Or maybe worse yet, maybe we get another fuck finish WrestleMania Backlash and we get this match happening at Money in the Bank. All the way to Money in the Bank. Because Rousey's already advertised for that show too. This shit sucked. This was the worst match of the entire night. She went from main eventing WrestleMania to being bumped off the WrestleMania main event spot by Steve Austin to being placed in the middle of Austin Owens, The Undertaker, and a returning Cody Rhodes. <laughs> I feel not once out of, one ounce of pity or sorrow for Charlotte Flair, man. Good. Good. You deserve it. Nobody wants to see you in the spot that you're in, and you're overexposed. I want her off television. She makes everything that much worse. And Ronda Rousey, I have no interest in seeing this broad on television. What does she bring to the table? Does she bring interest to the fucking program? No, she can barely cut a promo. She sleeps her way through a fucking promo. Seriously. 
You better off fucking hypnotizing her in the middle of the ring. That is when I would actually quite enjoy her because she wouldn't be fucking saying anything. She'd be silent. Sucks. This match was terrible. Worst thing on the entire show. If you're watching it back, skip it. If you're watching it for the first time, skip it. Trust me. You missed nothing. Main event. Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kevin Owens and the biggest Kevin Owens show of all time. Crowd was at a fever pitch, man. They were ready for Stone Cold Steve Austin. They were ready for Stone Cold to come out. He came out first at Owens. He sat in the chair. Kevin Owens show stage set in the ring. Chairs and poster boards in the ring. He pretended he was going to apologize for being mean to Texas. But then he made it worse and said Texas is worse than he thought. He says he was going to bring out his guest when he decides to bring out his guest. He says he's not done telling them how much he despises him. He says he's the worst role model in WWE history. He says he's going to bring him out and tell him to his face how much he sucks. He should tell Charlotte and Ronda how much they suck too, being that they shit the bed right before this main event segment. He said Austin won't do a damn thing about it. All of a sudden, the glass broke, and Steve Austin walked out wearing a black T-shirt that said Austin 316. Usual for Stone Cold Steve Austin, came out with the jeans and the black Austin 316 shirt and two knee braces on, looking to kick some ass, man. Austin looked fantastic in appearance. He looked fantastic in appearance. He is relishing in the crowd. They went fucking crazy for him, man. It was a beautiful thing to see. He walked side to side on the stage, and then he disappeared to the back, and then all of a sudden he comes out on an ATV, camouflaged, and he jets to the ring in the ATV. He circles around the ring, parks it on the stage, gets in the ring, and he stands there, and he's just taking it all in. He goes to each corner. He knocks over the poster boards of the Kevin Owens show, and he's just enjoying himself by knocking over all the set stuff and angering Kevin Owens. Man, he knows what he's doing. Crowd loving Austin being back. So after all of this dies down, a loud chant of Austin is ringing out through AT&T Stadium. And KO told Austin, take a seat, take a seat. He pointed to the chair. Austin stared in the eyes of Kevin Owens. And... He turned to KO and started staring a hole in him once he sat down, did not take his eyesight off of Kevin Owens. Austin, he's there, and Owens is telling him, listen, listen, calm down. I'm not here for a fight. I don't want to fight you. Let's have a nice chat. So KO welcomed him to the KO show. Austin did not look thrilled to be be there. He says, you wanted to bring me out here for a conversation, he tells Kevin Owens. He says he's... Sitting there with a stupid haircut and your stupid beady eyes and you look like a jackass. He said, then you have the goal to run down the state of Texas. And he called Kevin Owens a stupid son of a bitch. In the typical stone cold, enthusiastic way that he does it. KO said, listen, I don't know what's so great about Texas. He said, in the summertime, it's hotter than hell. The land is flat and uninspiring. Unlike Canada... He said the people wear these stupid hats and dumbass boots and stupid belt buckles. You can look out in the crowd and tell everyone who is from the state of Texas based on how dumb they look. Kevin Owens says they can make it better by taking off the hat and boots and move somewhere else. Maybe you should all move to Mexico, he said. Yeah, let's move to Mexico. Austin then said, listen, 
You're going to have about 75,000 people calling you an asshole in the next five seconds. So everybody chanted, asshole, at Kevin Owens. Don't be like that. Don't be the stereotypical, rude, crass, impolite Texan. He said he should be more like him, a distinguished, sophisticated French Canadian. He says he's going to move past the insults and be the bigger man. I invited you to the KO show to have another talk, but I got to be honest with you, Steve. That was all a lie. I lied to you. And I don't usually do it that often, but I lied to you. He said I had a good reason to lie, though. I tricked you because I don't want to talk. He said, even though I have a bad back right now, it's a fight I'm looking for. Fans cheered. He challenged Austin to a match. Austin did not take his attention off of Kevin Owens. And Austin said, listen, I'm going to, he accepted this. KO said it's been 19 years since his last match. My knees, my back, and my neck were shot back then. Uh, your, your knees, your neck, and your back were shot back then, and they're probably worse now. He said, there's no reason for you not to accept this challenge. He challenged him to a no-holds-barred match right here, right now. KO said it appeared Austin couldn't even talk. He was so surprised. He says he can see it in his eyes that he's telling himself that he can't beat him. He told him to go back on his golf cart and go back to his stupid little ranch. Austin continued to look at KO, and he then said, I had my first match here in Dallas. I could have my last match here in Dallas. He asked the fans if they want him to compete in a match tonight against this sack of shit, Kevin Owens. If you do, give me a hell yeah. And he did that twice, and they got louder and louder. Referee ran out. We got a match. Bell rung. Kevin Owens and Stone Cold Steve Austin with a WWE official and the bell ringing. An official match is underway. I was shocked. I legitimately thought we were getting a Kevin Owens segment and we were going to get a brawl with no referee. We got a legit bell ringing, a legit referee, and a 15-minute main event match, no-holds-barred match with Kevin Owens and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, no-holds-barred. This thing went 15 minutes. Austin and Owens had a decent brawl, to say the least. There's one part of it that I did not like. Now, Austin and Owens... They were very good in their roles. I enjoyed the KO segment. The fight itself was really fun. They traded right hands. Austin got the upper hand. He backed Owens into the corner. And the one part I did not like is the stomping of the mud hole in Kevin Owens by Stone Cold Steve Austin. It looked like the boots to Owens were very weak. I don't know what was going on there. I don't know if Austin was just being overly cautious about his legs and his knees. But the stomping of the mud hole on Kevin Owens did not look good at all. Actually, Stone Cold Steve Austin got better as the match went longer, which I was quite surprised by. He kept drinking beer throughout the match, and the, the longer the match went, it's almost as if the beer was rejuvenating him, giving him energy. So that's the only part of the match I did not like. Austin threw Owens in the corner, continued to stomp Owens. He grew, uh, grabbed the beer mid-match, This got a huge pop. He was drinking a Stone Cold IPA, and then he switched to the Stone Cold American Lager halfway through the match. Fans broke into a You Still Got It chant. Owens recovered and took over. He beat down Austin along the ringside area, pulled out a table to the KO. Owens set up the table, but Austin reversed it and sent Owens into the table instead. They fought around through the crowd. Owens went for a suplex. Austin went for a suplex, but Owens reversed the suplex and suplexed 
Steve Austin on the bare concrete in the crowd. Austin tried fighting back. Owens got the upper hand, so it wasn't a complete squash match like everybody expected it to be. Austin recovered. He slammed Owens into the announce desk, back by ringside, pulled out more beer. Obviously, the fans cheered. Austin continued to beat down Owens with 10 right hands, had another beer, and threw Owens back in the ring. Owens hung Austin up on the top rope, and he absolutely got cowardly and tried to leave on Austin's ATV. Austin stopped Owens and jumped on the ATV. He then beat Owens down and drove both of them up the ramp to the stage. Austin gave Owens a suplex on the stage, sent him headfirst into the ATV. Austin gave Owens a second suplex on the stage. Austin then threw Owens down the ramp, and he rolled all the way back to ringside. Austin grabbed more beers. He got back in the ring. Owens took advantage and hit a stunner on Austin. He went for a cover, and he got a near fall on Stone Cold off of his own finishing move. Owens grabbed the chair. He went to go hit Austin. Austin moved out of the way. The chair hit the ropes, and it bounced right back into KO's face. Austin then hit the stunner on Owens for the one, two, three. After the match, Austin gave Owens another stunner, celebrated his win. He called Byron Saxon into the ring, shared a beer with him, and Saxton drank a, a couple of sips of the beer. He got stunned by Stone Cold. He then invited uh, his brother. Stone Cold Steve Austin invited his brother into the ring, and they shared a beer. He then sent him out, and Austin sent the crowd home happy, and several Stone Cold IPAs, several Stone Cold American lagers were drank tonight. The beer was soaking the ring all night, there was about two cases of beer that he went through. The mat was soaked with beer, and that is the way WrestleMania Night 1 goes off the air. It was a fun brawl, man. I'm not going to sit here and engage it on fucking, oh my god, this was a five-star match. I didn't even expect it to be a match, but the bell rang, and we got a fucking WWE official in there refereeing a Stone Cold match after 19 years. Stone Cold absolutely was probably working off that... That's nervousness in the beginning. The stomping of the mud hole did not look good. Austin got better as the match went on. He didn't look like he didn't belong out there. He physically looks great. He moved around fairly well. And I'm thinking to myself, after this, if WWE wants him to wrestle in Saudi, or if the Saudi government wants Stone Cold Steve Austin, if watching this wants Stone Cold to wrestle, they're going to throw a boatload of money at him. It's going to be very difficult for Stone Cold to turn turn down that type of money. But honestly, if I'm Stone Cold, I think tonight is it. In your home state, you wrestled your first match in Dallas. You wrestled your last match in Dallas. I don't think you could ask for anything better. And he did not embarrass himself out there. And the crowd absolutely loved it. Nobody's going to have a damn negative thing to say about what they saw from Stone Cold tonight. He looked like he belonged. And I don't know what this does for Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens made a to WrestleMania, I guess. But Kevin Owens, he looks like a jackass. But he may have entered WrestleMania with Stone Cold Steve Austin. And how many people can put that on their resume? Again, it's all in the follow-up. Is WWE going to appreciate Kevin Owens for what he did and what he contributed to this match with Steve Austin? Are they going to reward him in some way on Monday night? It's all in the follow-up. Who knows? Hopefully that is the case. Now, hopefully he doesn't fall back into the mid-card and gets treated like a fucking nobody. Because what he did tonight with Stone Cold is going to be one that he remembers for the rest of his life. 
And WWE has Kevin Owens to thank. He carried most of this fucking feud. Well, Austin didn't make one TV appearance outside of a video package. And uh, an interview on the bump. But this was a fun match. Nothing negative to say about this. And WrestleMania night one, on paper, looked like it was complete dog shit. Night two, I I don't know, man. I'm not as confident in night two. But night one, this was a great four hours of WrestleMania. This was the best WrestleMania that I've seen since WrestleMania 31. And that's saying a lot because I usually say every single year and the creative going into it is really that bad. It's the worst creatively booked show all year. WrestleMania this year looked terrible on paper, but it over overachieved and over succeeded here tonight. And it ended up being not only the best WrestleMania since WrestleMania 31, we got another night to go. But this was the best WWE show of the entire year, man. They nailed a home run tonight. This was a great show. Minus the Ronda Rousey-Charlotte Flair match, this was a near-perfect show for WWE. And I loved every minute of it except for Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair and the SmackDown Women's Championship. Kudos to WWE. When they get it right, I let you know. When they're bad, which is more time than I care to really admit, I let you know. But I'm always fair, and tonight... WWE gets their flowers. They did an excellent job with one of the most memorable WWE returns and and WrestleMania moments of all time in Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmare, coming back to beat Seth Rollins in his return to WWE. Guys, thank you so very much for all of your supports on the WrestleMania 38 live stream night one review. We are going to go over... The Super Chats right now, man. I appreciate you guys so very much for joining me on Off The Script. You guys are awesome, man. You guys are awesome. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Continue to hit that join button. Become a VIP right here on Off The Scripts. And go check out all the other videos that you might have missed this weekend, man. Ring of Honor and NXT Stand and Deliver from earlier today. And Ring of Honor was yesterday. Continue to hit that thumbs up, guys. We got 2,300 plus likes. Can we get to 3,000? I gave you one hell of a fucking breakdown, man, of this WrestleMania show. Can we get to 3,000 likes before we get out of here, man? Let's start at the top with the Super Chats, man. Let me, first of all, let me take a sip of my cold beverage, man. Seriously. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Marcus Gunn with a $10 Super Chat. Bianca and Becky had a great match. They set the tone for the show. Happy Bianca got her win back. JD Oscar is her next opponent and happy to see Cody back. Hope Vince don't touch him at all. I could see that, man. Bianca versus Asuka should be a good one. Should be a real good one if WWE wants to go and do that. I say Bailey. Lakefront Studios with a $49.99 Super Chat. With the cheap finish to the Ronda and Charlotte match, I suspect that Vince and Bruce will try to stretch their feud out until Hell in a Cell... And have the match inside Hell in a Cell. Also, Ronda needs a mouthpiece, a la MVP or Paul Heyman. Well, first of all, we're going to get into WrestleMania Backlash. 
And I'm assuming you are correct, Lakefront. I do think... I don't know when Hell in a Cell is. Is that in May? Well, when is, when is WrestleMania Backlash? That's next month, right? It's May. And then Hell in a Cell is in June. And the Money in the Bank is in July. And SummerSlam is in July as well. I could see that. I could absolutely see that. And yes, Ronda Rousey, if they paired up with Paul Heyman, if they paired Ronda Rousey with Paul Heyman, I think that would be tremendous. Seriously. Tony Brown with a 9.99 Super Chat. Austin was the only thing. Come on, Tony Brown. This was a good show, bro. This was a very good show, Tony Brown. Not enough booty meat for Tony Brown. He's got to watch AEW Dynamite for that booty meat. Haywood with a $2 Super Chat. I didn't enjoy tonight, but I feel like I can't say it. Teach his own, Haywood. You didn't enjoy it, you didn't enjoy it. I thought it was great. God forbid I said I didn't enjoy it, man. This is why I am the way I am. If I lied to you, I don't think I'd have the audience I do. I'm always honest with you guys. If you didn't like it, you didn't like it. If tonight's show sucked, I would have let you know. But it didn't. I thought it was great. Jesus with a 999 Super Chat shockingly enjoyed the show tonight. Seeing Cody Rhodes back in WWE feels weird to me, but I hope nothing but the best for the guy. So do I, man. I don't trust Bruce Pritchard or Vince McMahon, but they hit a home run with Cody Rhodes tonight. If they follow this road and this blueprint for Cody, they can't... I don't want to say they can't fuck it up. They can fuck up anything they want. But you just let Cody beat Cody Rhodes, and everything will be fine. Ryan Fairburn with a new membership, brother. What are you drinking tonight, man? Thank you so much, brother. Leo Gallimara with a $2 super chat. Cody better be Mr. Money in the Bank, period. I like the sound of that, man. I like the sound of that. Michelle Moran with a $5 super chat. The Mysterio's losing to Miz and Paul was disgraceful. I don't think so. I thought that was great. Seth and Cody was great, and I love Austin, but tonight was painful to watch. Michelle, it was not painful to watch. This was the best WrestleMania in seven years. And it's only night one. Night two may be painful to watch, not night one. JT Golden with a 199 Super Chat. Stone Cold gonna want that Saudi money next. I could see it, bro. I could absolutely see it. Munchie time with a 999 Super Chat. This is how WrestleMania should be fun and enjoyable. Cody's return was predictable, but I popped for it massively. And of all things, Stone Cold takes the hardest bump on concrete. Night one was great, man. Austin, listen, man, he went into this and gave us a full-fledged match, man. We can't ask for anything more. At 57 years old, he didn't want to come back. That's what the report said. Jim Ross even said he wasn't really overly enthusiastic with what was going on, but he he went in there and he gave it his all, man. That's all we could ask for. And he looked good. Tribal Chief with a Canadian $5 super chat. I knew that Cody was coming when Steph introduced Gable Steveson. The camera panned to the platform where you saw the outline of the elevator. I did see that. I did see that, man. Even my boy Big Hodge, he sent me a picture on his TV. Look, I'm like, huh? I know, man. I saw it. Tribal Chief. Thank you so much, brother. Sev with a $5 super chat. Cody Rhodes gave me a reason to start watching Raw again after three years. 
I hope Bruce and Vince don't fuck this up. You can't really, you can't really give these guys the benefit of the doubt, man. Bruce and Vince always find a way to fuck everybody up. Ryan Fairburn, thank you so much, brother. Not only do you become a new member, but you're giving me a $100 super chat from New Zealand. Made sure to put $100 US exactly. Love you, JD. WrestleMania Night 1 was great, except for that one match we shall not mention. Yes, I know, bro. It sucked. Much love from New Zealand. Looking forward to the show tonight. Helps a lot with my depression. Happy WrestleMania weekend, JD. Enjoy one on me. Ryan, thank you so much, brother. Hopefully all is well in New Zealand, my friend. And thank you so much, man. Paul Van Tassel with a $10 super chat. Seth versus Cody and Becky versus Bianca are my best matches of the night. I was expecting some kind of bullshit between Ronda and Charlotte. And bullshit is what you got. Mr. Paul Van Tassel. This will be a never-ending feud that WWE thinks somehow we are all enjoying. We are not. Zach JD with a 499 Super Chat. I'm beside myself right now. I got chills like you did seeing Cody. It's not even WWE's version of Cody Rhodes. It's Cody Rhodes as we know him. Yes, it's the AEW Cody Rhodes. The way it should be. Micah with a 199 super chat. I jumped off my couch and yelled loud for Cody. I just sat there and all, man. I got chills. And I love the way the announcers didn't say a fucking word, bro. They didn't say a single fucking thing until Cody Rhodes got in the ring. Loved it. They let the moment breathe. Trey Van Garrick with a 499 super chat. I knew it was happening, but it's still crazy to see Cody in WWE and Austin taking bumps. Great show tonight. Wish Cody the best with Vince and Bruce. He's going to need holy water and fucking prayers and a Bible, bro. Hopefully Cody knows what he is doing. Tribal Chief with a 199 super chat. The Rock is definitely returning tomorrow. LOL. I think The Rock shows up at the end of that Roman Reigns match, man. WWE announced tonight that WrestleMania is in SoFi Stadium. April 1 and April 2. Saturday and Sunday next year. I have a feeling Rock is going to show up at the end of the match when Roman wins both championships. Isaiah with a 999 Super Chat. Holy shit, JD. I absolutely enjoyed night one of Mania. Only thing I disliked was Ronda and Charlotte. Glad Cody came and that he kept the nightmare gimmick. Night two has a lot to live up to. Love you, JD. Isaiah, thank you so much, brother. Yes, Charlotte and Ronda shit the bed. Worst match of the night. And night two, man, I don't think they're going to be able to top night one. But we got AJ Styles versus Edge tomorrow. Munchie time with a $5 super chat. This is what WrestleMania should be. Fun and enjoyable. I popped for Cody and didn't expect Austin to take those bumps. Hope Boogs gets well. 7.58 out of 10. DX for life with an Australian $2 super chat. How will Cody cope without blading? I don't know, man. I thought we would see Cody bleed tonight. We didn't. If this was AEW... Cody would have been bleeding all over the place, man. The crimson mask would have been worn by Cody Rhodes tonight. Five minutes in. 
Jeremy Harris with a five dollar super chat. What's up, Jay? The surprise night was actually pretty good. Or night one was actually pretty good. Uh, better than what I suspect. Hopefully, night two is good. Cheers to a great podcast, Jeremy Harris. Thank you so much, brother. Grimsley with a five dollar super chat. Are we gonna ignore how bad the Piper's Pit finishes? It's Grimsley. It's terrible. Everything about Ron is terrible. Everything. JT Golden with a 499 Super Chat. People on Twitter said that they saw The Rock's mom tonight in the front row. Could The Rock show up tomorrow? I think he's going to be there regardless. But I do think that she's always there, even for the Hall of Fame. I mean, the Usos were there. It's family. So, she's always there. I won't I won't look too much into that, but I do think The Rock is going to show up tomorrow night. ECW Hardcore 07 with a $10 super chat. Man, if you cut out all the BS tomorrow and just had Edge and AJ and the McAfee match with Roman and Brock and everything tonight, this would have been a fantastic one-night WrestleMania. ECW Hardcore, you are absolutely correct, my friend. Absolutely correct. Life moves pretty fast. I see Issa in the chat. Issa, what's going on? You could miss it. Issa, you missed one hell of a fucking post show here, Issa. 199, my friend, the NYC Demon Diva with a 199 super chat. Adrenaline in my soul. I'm in Dallas and I'm drunk. Issa, if if House of Glory does not have a show Memorial Day weekend, we'll be in Vegas. And I would like to be trashed. For double or nothing. ECW Hardcore, you are absolutely correct, my friend. Jonathan Gastello with a 13-month membership. I thought night one was pretty solid for the most part. Definitely popped when Cody made his return. I'll catch the podcast in the morning at work. Jonathan, thank you so much, brother. 13 months, man. I love that commitment. The VIP room, brother. Darkstar50 with a new membership. Darkstar, what are you drinking, my friend? First round is on me in the venue. Hooligrim with a $10 super chat. When Stone Cold walked out with his braces on, I knew he was fighting. That said, do you think they should have closed the entire weekend with the greatest of all time? What a birthday present. Cheers, JD. Do you think they should have closed the entire weekend with the greatest of all time? Who's the greatest of all time, brother? Stone Cold? That's a very subjective comment, bro. Undertaker? I would love to see The Undertaker come out and drink with Stone Cold Man in Texas. Michael J. Sanchez with a 1999 Super Chat. Does Becky Lynch earn your respect by putting Bianca Belair over? No. Becky Lynch had a fantastic match tonight, man. Drop the shtick and give me old Becky Lynch back. Then maybe. The gimmick sucks. And she looks like a fucking witch. All she needed was that red ba- that basket with red apples in it, man. That's all she needed. Micah with a 199 Super Chat. Do we see Jericho return to WWE in a match? Uh, I do think we see Jericho return to the WWE at some point. But he also needs to be the Jericho we see now with Judas. None of this other shit that we saw. Mr. Zacky Boy with a UK $10 super chat. 
As far Issa, by the way, where where are you drunk, Issa? Where are you drinking in Texas? What establishment are you at in Texas that you're drunk? I want this for future reference. Uh, Zachy boy, as far as night one is concerned, WWE hit a home run. Seeing Stone Cold look great versus Kevin Owens was amazing to see. Cody's debut was near perfection. Becky versus Bianca was brilliant. When WWE tries, they are great. I agree. I wish they were great all the time. I'd have less gray in my beard. Red Storm Pro with a $5 super chat. WWE gave fans what we wanted. A damn good show that exceeded expectations. This has been an awesome week for wrestling fans and more yet to come. I agree. Red Storm. Thank you, brother. Paragon J. Pierce with a $5 super chat. Cody Rhodes is a sports entertainer. And I also challenge you to a no-holds-barred anytime, anywhere, Mr. 9-to-5. Uh, Paragon J. Pierce, no. I do not accept your challenge, Paragon J. Pierce. Darren Dominique in the chat got banned for this comment, folks. I turned my back on AEW. <laughs> yeah, right. I turned my back on AEW because I wanted Cody. I just went over for 20 fucking minutes. Why Cody Rhodes and WWE is the right thing. Dominique. Go listen to the words of your fucking tribal chief. Motherfucker. The fucking Nostradamus of this goddamn community, man. Just gave you 20 minutes of truth, and you're calling me an AEW turncoat. I'm wearing an AEW hoodie on a WWE fucking podcast. Fucking clowns. Darren. Who names their son Darren? Pussy-ass fucking name. Trey Van Garrick with a 499 Super Chat. Funny how Vince and Bruce changed nothing with Cody coming from AEW, but always change and ruin their own NXT talent. Feel good show tonight. Well, Cody... Cody needed to come in. He knew it. And he convinced Bruce and Vince to let him do it. Tommy Brannigan with a $10 Super Chat. WrestleMania Night 1 was absolutely amazing, and your show is the best ever, JD. OTS for life. Thank you, Tommy Brannigan. I take right pride in what I do here, bro. I want to see all the haters come at me today. Oh, JD's negative. JD's negative. I just spent two and a half hours putting over a WWE Night 1 WrestleMania show. What are you talking about, negative? Your fucking mother's pasta sauce is negative, man. There's not enough pepper. Fucking clown. Your mother's tits are negative. They're too saggy for me. Go fuck yourself. King Mo Jackson with a 199 Super Chat. OTS for life. You will always get my support, bro. Thank you, man. Cheers to you, King Mo. Hooligram, I don't know why. Hooligram, I don't know why you li- li- listen. Great job, bro. Great job. But I don't know why there are people in the chat that you had to bench 
What did I say that was so terrible tonight? Can somebody please inform me? Why, why are my mods... I'm losing my fucking voice after all this fucking podcasting I'm doing. Why are my mods benching people in the chat for a positive review? Why? Why? The fuck did I say, bro? Hey, yo, Jesse, give me a hot tea, bro. Make me a hot toddy. A little whiskey, bro. No. Fuck you talking about, man? Listen, man, you know, fuck your tacos, bro. It's too late. Nobody wants that fucking shit at this hour. This fucking guy. King Mo, thank you so much, brother. Ryan Fairburn, again with the New Zealand $5 Super Chat. Real ones remember the IWC Messiah gimmick. Follow me, my sons. Julian Batley with a new membership. Thank you, Julian. What are you drinking, Julian? Fujin's Henry with a 999 Super Chat. JD, give Julia a raise. Modding over 5K all by the lonesome. Where's Jacob Donnelly? Hulgrim, you were, you were by yourself tonight? I gotta get some more mods in here, bro. Yo, Hulgrim, when I make it out to your coast, bro, I'll be there eventually. I'd love to visit where you are, man. Seattle? I gotta visit Seattle sometime, man. Heard they got a nice fucking craft beer scene out there. Rounds are on me, bro, for all that you do. No question. Uh, Fujins, yes. Thank you for the 999, brother. Uh, MGM Ballin with a 499 Super Chat. As a self-proclaimed AEW stan, I really enjoyed tonight and marked out for Cody. Otis, are you a mod, bro? I thought I modded you. Otis is now a mod in the chat. Uh, I may have to do it, man. Everybody in the chat, you see Jesse there with the fucking wrench next to his name in the chat. You see this fucking geek man who don't want to make me fucking hot toddy. My voice is going, you fucking asshole, okay? Want me to plug your fucking channel, man? Extra shot of whiskey in there, please. This fucking guy. What's wrong with you? Go listen to Jesse's YouTube live stream, dark watch alongs. Go follow him. He's in the chat. Click on his name, go hit subscribe, make him happy so he stops busting my fucking balls. Jesse. Where the fuck is my phone at? Probably texting me. Plug my channel. Plug my channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look. This fucking guy. There you go. Go follow him. Post your link in the chat, you fucking geek. Fuck you want me to do it for? I'm busy. MGM Ballin. I appreciate it, man. You're an AW stand and you appreciate it, Cardi Rose, man. You're a level-headed individual. Um, Harry212 with a $25 super chat. Thank you, Harry. Yeah, who watches Dark, bro? Only geeks watch Dark. 
Uh, if Vince is really paying Cody as much as he's rumored to be paying him and letting him have his entrance and gimmick from AEW, he needs to push him as a top guy. He had an amazing match with Seth tonight. I agree, Harry. Uh, I agree, Harry. Cody should be world champion. Just give him the world title. Just give him the world title, man. That'll really make the AW neckbeards angry, right? Oh my God! How many subs did I lose because I praised Cody Rhodes, man? You want to think he's a traitor? By all means, go stab, go, go, uh, go, cry in your fucking corner, man. That he stabbed you in the back. Cody's laughing all the way to the fucking bank, bro. Bro, you're a mod. Put your link in the chat, you fucking dummy. Jesus Christ, man. Harry, thank you so much, brother. Theo with a 1999 Super Chat. JD, greatest man since 31. I was pleased with the Becky Bianca match. What a match that was. It was great, brother. It was great, brother. No, Roman is not mid. Whoever thinks Roman is mid is delusional. Uh, smelly Wrestling Geek with a $5 Super Chat. I guess Cody Rhodes isn't washed up anymore. He was... He never was WWE stands, and you know that after tonight. Yeah, meanwhile, Cody had bangers in AEW, man. Just X Dustin, and just X Sammy, and just X Brody Lee, just X MJF. I mean, Tony Brown with a 499 Super Jab Bianca, baby. There's your booty meat, Tony Brown. I think Jesse is drunk, man. I think he had too much uh, crown apple and cranberry juice. Uh, Ricardo Linnell with a 21-month membership. Look at the fucking commitment by Ricardo Linnell, man. He's three months away from a gold microphone. Thank you, JD, for covering WrestleMania 3891. You are the gold standard in the IWC. P.S. This is my 21st month as a member, not my 13th. Fix it, YouTube. Thank you, Ricardo. I don't know what's up with that, man. I have no control over that. Mr. Premium with a... 499 Super Chat. Pretty surreal that we got Steve Austin versus Kevin Owens tonight. Along with Cody versus Rollins, as Ron Simmons would say, damn. Hey, go, go, uh, hey, look. Hey, Jesse, I'll even pin it. I'll pin the message, bro. Look. There you go, man. There you go. Don't bother. They never tell me I never did anything for you, man. Now you owe me a steak dinner. And an old fashioned. Sean Gillespie with a 499 Super Chat. Thank you, brother. Man, what a great night. Wish WWE could put on shows like this every week. I'd feel like a kid again. How am I plugging the wrong fucking chat? What am I what, what channel am I plugging? Theo, 1999 Super Chat. I'm calling it out. Cody versus AJ Styles, SummerSlam. Oh, it's happening. Cody versus Edge is what I'm looking forward to. Oh, my goodness. Imagine that. Darius Moore with a eight-month recommitment, brother. Thank you so much, man. Great WrestleMania. We got another night to go, man. WWE can, can completely shit to bed. Night one was better than night two last year, so uh, maybe we get the same this year. Sean Gillespie with a 199 Super Chat hated the LED barricades way too much, in my opinion. I didn't really, I didn't really notice, to be honest with you. It did not bother me, man. I did not notice it at all. 
Not only is Jesse a shitty taco preparer, but he's also a ingrate. It's great. Nice to know my one of my best friends is an ingrate. Awesome. Uh, Be worth with a nine 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 super chat. Just wanted to stay. Just wanted to say, mad love and respect for what you do. I still play your Battleground 2017 review for Shoots and Giggles. Can you give me your best? I love you, Bruce Pritchard impression. Bro, I am not the same JD from Battleground 2017. I would like to think I'm a little bit more mature, a little bit more wise in my old age. With the gray showing a little bit more prominently in my beard, I'm a little more knowledgeable as well. Nobody touches me in this community, man. Sap, Shilcedo, fucking no IQ. None of them, man. None of them. I'm the top. Everybody else, man, they're looking up at my fucking... They're looking up at me. Solid Monster's right there with me. Solid Monster and me, man, neck and neck. Solid Monster's my boy. House of Glory, man, in a week and a half, we got... uh, some good, shit, some good shit coming up, man. Briscoes are defending the titles against uh, somebody. I forgot who the fucking match was against. But they'll be there. They'll be there. Uh, B-Worth, thank you so much, man. JD25, like you've said before, JD, when we have very low expectations for a show, WWE somehow seems to put on a greater show than we could have ever expected. Always happens, bro. Be worth with a one nine nine super chat. I meant Kevin Dunn, not Bruce Pritchard. Ah, <laughs> uh, AEW. Ladies, uh, there's nothing they can do about tonight's show, man. WWE is um, uh, number one not only in sports entertainment, but um, uh, wood. Koji with a three month membership. I hit three months the day I lose my job. Well, this is my last month. Koji, ah, man, you're going to break my heart, bro. I don't want to see you go, man. Come on. Bro, you're going to find, I guarantee you, Koji, you're going to find another job, and you're going to keep your VIP status, bro. I'm telling you right now. Uh, Cam G with a $100 super chat. Cam G with a 100 bomb. Enjoy the bomb, JD. Great night, one Cody. Freaking Rhodes is back. Thank you, Cam G, man. What are you drinking, man? Round one, two, and three is on me. Justin Shrippen with a 999 Super Chat. It always surprises me that WWE, when they have a poor buildup and books a weak card, they somehow pull out something out their ass and turn it into an amazing show. Also, keep up the great work, JD. Thank you, Justin Shripper, with a 999 Super Chat. Haywood with a $2 Super Chat. How does Night One compare to AW Revolution and Ring of Honor? Revolution was the best show of the year so far. Night One of WrestleMania was probably number two. Being that it is only the month of April. Ring of Honor was pretty damn fucking good last night, though, man. Don Doro with a 199 Super Chat. We have 5K in the live chat. Let's get 5K likes, please. I wish. It doesn't work that way, though. It doesn't work that way. 
By the time this publishes and gets uploaded, there will be at least 4,000 likes. So I'm good with that. Theo with a 1999 Super Chat. JD, what's your opinion on Undertaker saying never say never? Quote, do you see him coming back for a couple more matches? I see him maybe coming back for one, but it's got to be against the right opponent. It just can't be anybody. Jose Gomez with a $5 Super Chat. I called it, JD. Told you Drew was kicking out of the end of days. Also, WrestleMania Night 1 was fantastic. Hopefully, Night 2 does not disappoint. I'm surprised the end of days is now just like every other finishing move, bro. Ordinary. Justin Strippler with a 999 Super Chat. I do appreciate that Pat McAfee, Bad Bunny, and Logan Paul are not like other celebrities. Because those three guys seriously trained and showed that they're willing to learn the ropes. Pat McAfee, I think, is going to do a great job tomorrow night, man. And I think he's going to be very over tomorrow. Cam G with another $10 Super Chat. Now that Cody is back, how would you book him? Talked about this already in the chat in, in the live stream uh, tonight, brother. I would uh, book him like Brian and Edge, part-time. I would not put him on the show every week. I would not have him wrestle nothing matches on Raw. Jacob Donnelly with a $30 super shot. There he is. Jacob, what's up, brother? Anyone not rooting for Cody to do well in WWE isn't a wrestling fan. The reason his return meant so much was because of the competition he helped create. The wrestling world would be a lot more boring without it. Abso-fucking-lutely Jacob Donnelly. Ricardo Linnell with a $15 super chat. Number one in the IWC once again. Oh, the irony. Many WWE fans shit all over AEW and Cody a few months back, yet they cheered him tonight and acted like it was the greatest thing when he was revealed. Hashtag Twitter sheep. Fuck those accounts, bro. Every single one of them. I hope that they fucking drop off the face of the earth. Complete, but they are the dumbest people of all time. They do it on purpose, bro. Hooligram with a $10 super chat. Two things here quickly. Shout out to the OTS family. Thank you. I love you crazy mofos. Also, with tonight's ending, tomorrow feels meh. Do you think we finally see The Rock face Roman after he beats Brock? Yes, I do, Hooligram. Yes, I do. Rich Gamble with a 999 Super Chat. WrestleMania Night 1 was a legit banger. Cody's entrance was epic. Seeing Stone Cold was awesome as always. Let's see what Night 2 brings. I don't know if Night 2 is going to be able to top Night 1, bro. I don't know. Cam G with a $5 Super Chat. Last one for you, JD. I can't wait for the Hog Show on, on April 15th. This will be the first show I watch. I'm very excited. I'm always excited to get to House of Glory, man. Love my House of Glory family. Zetopia Productions with a 499 Super Chat. Thoughts on the potential build match between Roman and Cody Rhodes. When would you book it? And would you have Cody dethrone the Tribal Chief? It depends on what WWE wants to do, man. It's all about if they want The Rock versus Roman next year to be for the title, if that match does happen. Would I book Cody to dethrone Roman? Yes. I would. 
Lauren Hutton with a $5 Super Chat. Night one was awful. No surprises, predictable winners, no matches delivered. Charlotte retaining and Bianca winning. Lauren, I don't know what the fuck you watched tonight. No surprises. The fuck was Cody Rhodes? Got one of the best WrestleMania moments of all time, and there's no surprises and predictable. Maybe Lauren was drunk in the chat. I'm sorry, Jesse. You're not drunk. Lauren apparently is drunk. Holy shit. Come on now. Me Wilson with a 1999 Super Chat. I'm not going to lie. I'm a fan of Cody, but also an AEW fan, but I'm happy for Cody. I hope he does good in WWE. WWE better not drop the ball with him. Can't wait for double or nothing for AEW. Yeah, Lauren. Uh, yeah, Lauren. Yesterday was April Fool's, honey. Not, uh, not tonight. Me Wilson. Um, double or nothing should be spectacular, man. Angel with a $50 super chat. JD, I agree with you. This is the best WrestleMania since 31. Becky and Bianca, Cody Rollins were great matches. Indeed they were, Angel. Indeed they were. Tell Lauren. Tell Lauren Hutton that. Thank you, Angel, for your 50 bomb, brother. I appreciate you. Haywood with a $2 super chat. I didn't enjoy it because I know there will be zero follow-up. This we know, Haywood. Sometimes you just got to enjoy the moment, Haywood. Chris Elliott, 1989, with a $5 super chat times two. I admit, during Taker's Hall of Fame speech last night, I let out some tears. I cried when Taker got that standing ovation at the Hall of Fame last night. I teared up watching Triple H hug Tommaso Ciampa this afternoon at Stand and Deliver. Terry Allen with a 999 super chat. Terry Allen, I appreciate you, brother. WWE and their fans should want AEW to be successful, as they can be. As successful as they can be, because if AEW does great and creates big stars, if they leave AEW and go to WWE, it makes WWE better. WWE needs AEW to be great. Spot on, Terry Allen. Tony Khan has revitalized pro wrestling in North America, bro. John Russell, 215 with a 199 Super Chat, leaves no message. Why are you so shy, brother? This is not the place to be shy, man. I'm not a shy individual. Especially in front of the camera, man. Maybe in person, but not in front of the camera. Bradley Xavier with an Australia, $5 Super Chat. Cody Mysterio on the same roster again. Would love to see the feud between those two. After all, Cody said Ray made his career in 2011 after their feud. I think Cody's going to have a major say in who he wants to work with. Maybe. Patriot X becomes a new member. Thank you so much, brother. What are you drinking tonight, Patriot X? Round is on me. Bradley Robinette with a 199 Super Chat. WrestleMania Night 1 was good. I'll be damned. LOL. I know. We're all shocked, bro. Once again, thank you to my friend Issa for the 199 Super Chat. I think she went to go uh, continue to get drunk in uh, in Dallas. Reverend David Thompson with a $5 Super Chat. If you need holy water and prayers, you need the Rev. 
Cody's going to need it, brother. I don't trust Bruce or Vince. Vincent Tarantini with the 316 Super Chat. If JD's the greatest, give us a hell yeah. Vincent Tarantini had that beautiful off-the-script sign on AEW Dynamite this past Wednesday. Steven Escalante with a 199 Super Chat. I got chills during Cody's entrance. You and me both, brother. Ethan with a $1 Super Chat. Keep it, man. Don't need it. No message. Put it in the tip jar, man. Jesse could use it to buy sour cream for his tacos. Riddick's Classic Arcade with an 18-month commitment to the VIP club on OTS. This show proves that WWE has what it takes to be amazing. It's a shame they don't utilize it weekly. Great show. And the brand split. That's all you need to do. Steven Escalante, 199. I watched Cody's entrance about nine times now. I'm about to watch it one more time before I go to bed. Ethan, $5 Super Jet. Seeing all these cool entrances, I think Roman is going to have a badass entrance. I think so as well, man. Russell, there you go. Ethan, I'm sorry, bro. What was with the $1 Super Chat? There you go. That's exactly what I want to see, Ethan. I take back what I said. Russell Wagner with a six-month membership. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you, Russell. Jackhammer Psalm with a $3 UK Super Chat. You said something positive about WWE. I know. I know. Yet my mods are still banning people left and right in the chat because they're a bunch of fucking psychopathic fucking retards in the chat. I hate throwing that word around, but I apologize to anybody that I've upset. Uh, Jesse's got to be banned. Sean Ross Sapp is greater than JD. Get him out of here. Uh, Somebody kick this guy out of here, man. Get him out. Get him out. At least I won't be seen during a mud show like GCW. Only lowbrow individuals wrestle for GCW, man. Uh, Jackhammer Psalm. Thank you so much, man. Smelly Wrestling Geek with a $5 Super Chat. Don't watch Dark. Neither do I. Dark sucks. Kratos with a $2 Super Chat. The fans won well, The fans won this weekend so far, JD. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. The Professional Gamer. $2 Super Chat. JD, check out the new Cody Rhodes t-shirt from WWE. Already did, bro. They look pretty sweet. Will I buy them? No, because WWE's quality t-shirts are awful. Oi, Reynaldo with a $4.99 Super Chat. Hey, OTS fam. I have an x-ray to get for my back. Monday. Hoy, good luck with that, brother. Hope all is well, man. Back problems are a fucking nightmare. Yes, Sap got eliminated by Denise Shilcedo. Right, now we're going to have heat with GCW, man. I don't give a fuck who I have heat with, man. GCW sucks. I have every fucking right within my power to say anybody sucks, man. This is my platform. I don't give a shit. Fucking want to be ECW over there, man. 
It's not even in the fucking same sentence as ECW. I don't know what the fuck it is, but it's a fucking circus. Oh, let me bring out light tubes. People will enjoy that. How many fucking different variations of fucking light tubes can you break over somebody's head before it starts to get boring? Boy, Renala, good luck, brother. Bradley Robinette with a 199 Super Chat. Night two will not top night one. No way. Now, how many live viewers did uh, Shilcito have tonight, man? 200? Did she even break 1,000? Somebody let me know, man. Somebody let me know so I can cry myself to sleep in laughter. Bradley, no, they will not type not top night one. Um, Reverend David Thompson with a five dollar super chat. You can be old, but I'm forty two and I'm a young man. I don't feel old, bro. I don't feel old. I may look old because I got a lot of gray in my beard, but it is what it is, man. Isaiah Hoffman with a 499 Super Chat. Thank you, Isaiah. It's not. It's nights like this where I am just like, do this every night, WWE. Damn. Yes. Yes, they have the they have the talent to make this an every night thing, an every week thing, but they don't do it. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around. Fujins Henry with a new membership. Thank you, Fujins. Lauren Hutton. Five dollars Super Chat. What do you got to tell me, Lauren? Lauren's a little tipsy, she says. LOL, love you, Jay. Sorry for not like most of the matches, but I did enjoy Becky, Bianca, Seth, and Cody, though. And Owens deserved that spot. What are you drinking, Lauren? Don't tell me you're drinking those fucking uh, sugary daiquiris or those uh, those Trulies or White Claw. Only White Trash. I don't want to say... Uh, listen, if you drink White Claw in the chat, you're not White Trash, but White Trash usually drink White Claw. Come on. Who drinks a fucking hard seltzer, bro? Really? I went on vacation in Florida in December, man, to get out of the cold weather. You know what? I drank by the beach an old-fashioned. Why? I do what the fuck I want, man. Bartender was like, an old-fashioned? It's 80 degrees out of here. You want an old-fashioned? Yeah, you make me a fucking old-fashioned Why I put my, my feet in the sand, will you? The real verified Chris Van Vliet was in the chat, J.D., was he? My boy, Chris Van Vliet, man, we're part of the Blue Wire family. I'd like to see you and uh, hang out. I'd like to buy Chris a fucking beverage or two, man, when I, uh, when I see him next time. Chris is good people. When was he in the chat, Hologram? How long ago, bro? I wonder if he's still here. Uh, Margaret DeSalvo with a $2 super chat. I won't mind another Cody Rollins match. Me neither. You know what I'm waiting for on Monday night? The first thing we see on Monday night. If it's not Cody, I am uh, going to be disappointed. Cody's the first thing we see on Monday night. Uh, Justin Stripling with a $4.99 super chat. I got to say it, but you're pulling double duty today. Proves why you're the best and way better than any other podcaster. You are the man. Thank you, Justin Stripling, man. I'm exhausted. And my voice is shot, bro. 
I'm legitimately going to need a green tea before I go to bed. Chelsea with a Canadian $2 Superjack. Can't wait for Edge and Roman's entrance night two. Man, I can't wait to hear Alter Bridge in front of 75,000 people. I wish WWE flew in Alter Bridge so they would play Edge to the ring, man. I think that'd be great. Omega Kong with a three-month membership. Night two, I want a real choir and Sika to bring out Roman. Tyler with a $4.99 super chat. On April 13th edition of AW Dynamite, you'll see me front row holding up an off-the-script sign. Thank you, JD. Fan of yours since 2019. Tyler, I will be looking forward to that, my brother. Cheers to you, man. Anybody that is going to any of these shows, you be like Tyler, man. You be like Tyler and Vincent Tarantini. Support the podcast. Especially in an AEW show, man. It would be great for a WWE show if you guys can do that. But I know you don't waste your money on WWE shows and you'd rather go to the good show. Guys, we killed it tonight, man. We we absolutely killed it tonight. We had 5,400 people in the chat tonight. And I think that may have tied a record. I'm not really sure. I got to go back and look. I got to go back and look at last year's stats and analytics, man. We may have tied a record this year. You guys made off the script the number one live streams post-show talking about WrestleMania. We beat out all the big wigs, man. We are the Cody Rhodes of the IWC, man. We do things in our own way. We do things the way we want. We don't bullshit. Cody may politic. We don't politic. We don't beg for interviews. We don't suck up to pro wrestlers and We don't act like a mark in front of the locker rooms that we visit. Just pure honesty, man. Pure honesty. You don't like that? Blow me. Kiss my ass. We do things the way we want, man. You don't like my honesty? You need more people like me. Nobody's going to give it to you like I do, man. Everybody's going to dance around the fucking sensitive topics and fucking sugarcoat all this bullshit. I gave it to you like you needed, man. WrestleMania was great tonight. And I'm even shocked I'm saying that. Hopefully night two is just as good, man. Listen, Jesse, I'm getting out of here, bro. Yo, make sure you lock up, bro. Listen. Listen. I'm exhausted. Bro, I gotta go home. That's what I'm paying you overtime for, man. I, I pinned your comments, right? Hopefully this gets you to your watch hour limit, bro. Listen, I'm, I'm getting out of here, okay? This fucking guy. Not my fucking problem. Everybody made a mess here, bro. Seriously. Look at the mess. This fucking guy. I love you guys, man. <clears throat> my voice is shot. Between Ring of Honor, NXT, and this show, and tomorrow night, and then Raw, man, my voice is going to be shot. I appreciate you guys. I love you. Thank you for all the super chats, man. Hopefully you guys can show up like you did tonight for night two. Thank you to the new members. Thank you to the super chats. 2,600 likes. 
5,400 live viewers, number one in the community. Thank you guys so very much, man. WrestleMania night one was success. Uh, success. Hopefully night two is the same. I'm getting out of here. I'm getting some much-needed rest, guys. But before I go, I need two things. Number one, I need those guitar emojis in the chat. My VIPs. I need those Mustang emojis as well. And I need that music on max. Blast that shit tonight, guys. I will see you all tomorrow night for night two of WrestleMania right here on Off The Script. I'll see you guys later.